welcome to another episode of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Today, we are going to be talking to you about an album by one of my favorite bands of all time. And that band, if you know me very well, and you've already seen the description, it's Kiss. And speaking of one of my favorite things of all time, I've got one of my favorite co-hosts of all time on the line with me here. I've got Matt here. Matt, can you hear me? I can hear you. I was going to say, hey, it's James or it's Andrew here. You were like, <laughs> are they on the line with me? <laughs> I was like, you lie. You tell lies. <laughs> I appreciate you being here. I know we've been on the phone for like, golly, 90 minutes already just uh, <laughs> talking about everything but. As we do. But what's the name of the album we're going to talk about today? Dynasty from wow. 1979. But how do you normally pronounce it? Do you know what? I'd kind of forgotten. Uh, what do you say? Then I'll know what I would usually say. I know what you usually say. Here, ask me what I call it, and I'll say what you normally say. What do you call it? I call it dynasty. <laughs> See, I've been here long enough now in the US that I forget what I used to say. I've picked up one one way of saying things, and I just forget. So I probably go back and forth, dynasty or dynasty. If I go I was, if I go back on the recording of our Skype call right now, huh? every time you've mentioned it, you've called it Dynasty. Oh, have I? <laughs> yeah, See, I forget. That's why I was wanting you to say the name because I thought you were going to go Dynasty. What do you huh? call it? <laughs> so okay, so Dynasty. Yeah, there we go. You're you, you're Americanized, so somewhat. Yes, I would like to hear from anyone from Australia that hears this. People from Australia, not not people that are transplants, like you know a certain <laughs> girl that we know in Perth or a certain. A weekend warrior that we know in Melbourne, but I wonder what a real person there, how they would feel knowing that you are from there and now you talk like us. <laughs> so it's like all you all you've spoken to is transplants when you think about it. Yeah, like I I left there and the other ones arrived there. Yeah, that's no, true. No one's no one's born and bred there. It's still there. <laughs> the closest I got to a, a the closest I've got is James, who's a born and born and raised New Zealander. Uh huh. So. What do they call New Zealanders? Is that what they call them, a New Zealander, or do they call them something else? Uh, we call them Kiwis. Kiwis. Or no, no offense to James, but we also call them poor man's Australians. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? James doesn't like Kiss, so he, he might he might deem this an episode that he could uh, skip. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, it could be skippable, yeah, so he'll never know. I said one. that. Yeah, he won't ever know. So <laughs> Maybe you'll hear about it. Maybe you won't. So Anyway... Um, I well tell me what's your introduction to this album? When when did you ever hear this? What's what's your um history behind it? Well, it's funny you ask that because I was going to bring I kind of bring that up. So when this came out, I wasn't probably listening to anything in 1979. I was I was too young. Sure. But by the time I had started school, like a year or so, well, a year later, I do remember coming home and singing the chorus to my mum after school and that she had asked where I where'd you hear that and to be honest I don't know where I don't I know it was really big in Australia mm-hmm. and you know particularly the single I was made for loving you mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'd heard the song or if I'd heard it you know on the radio or seen it on TV I can't imagine my parents were listening to it yeah or, or heard other kids singing it so that was kind of the very first touch was back in 1980 when I'd started school and it was I remember how big it was so we have something like your state fair but we would call it the royal show and they have things there called show bags 
and there was a kiss show bag. And what they would do, so when you're at the fair, you can buy all these different types of bags. And I'd looked this up earlier because I remember one of the kids at school was running around with a, a kiss mask on. Uh-huh. And that, that had come from the show bag. And it was one of these things that you would get, you know, you'd pay your five bucks or whatever it was back in the day. But I looked up what it had. It had come with a badge and there was a couple of different types of a badge. I think one had a logo and the other was like a group collage. They had a couple of combs. Uh-huh. <laughs> like hair combs, was a red and a black one. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the kiss mask, like I was saying a second ago, the jean mask. Okay. And the other three masks, you could, you could buy apparently. Now, I never saw those, um, but I'd seen the jean one with kids at school wearing it. And it came with a pendant. There was an iron-on transfer and a little <laughs> destroyer mini poster. Okay. And then the, the front of the – this is the interesting part. So the front of the bag that all this stuff came in – it had artwork from the, the Kiss Marvel comic, but across the front of that, mm. it had written Kiss Disco Bag. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay, they didn't try to shy away the, you know, what they're doing. Sure. And, and it was official because I noted, uh, well, I noticed that it was printed by Orcoin. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was them embracing what they were doing. There was yeah. no shying away from that. But that's my long-winded way of saying that's where I kind of... That's the first time I would have heard a kiss. Yeah. And through that song. I, I'm reading ha- a I'm reading a book right now. Um, I'm trying to think of the author's name, but he was like an accountant for Kiss. And the name of the book is called Kiss and Sell. And last night I was reading it, and I don't read very much. So, so you might want to be ready for a what have you been reading this week pretty soon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's the only thing I've been reading. But... um. He was talking about when they went to, I read the whole thing about when they went to Australia and the insanity of them in Australia. And it was funny because they came back, they did this massive tour of Australia. And then when they tried to take it to New Zealand, bad weather, they said the New Zealand basically uh, ruined the tour for them. (laughs) Oh, okay. So maybe James was involved with that, the Kiwis. But yeah, they were, I know there was like Kiss Mania. Like oh, I remember yeah. all the kids wearing the stuff. Oh yeah, they they talked about it and it was insane just reading it. Like but they ended up even though they did this incredible tour and and were just playing everywhere, selling out everywhere and everything was insane, they lost like half a million dollars on the tour. Just they just said mm-hmm. the show cost too much money. It's really it's an interesting book. Um but for me, I remember as far as this particular album, I was I was chatting on Twitter with somebody earlier about uh, something else, and I said, for me, when I got into Kiss, it was I got Animalized for my birthday when I was thirteen. Then I got Asylum a couple months later because it came out. Then I got a cassette that my cousin recorded for me, and it had on one side it had Creatures of the Night, the other side had Lick It Up. So as time's going by, I remember going to a mall. And going into a record store there, I believe it was called Hastings Music. And I didn't really, I guess I knew that Kiss had a lot of albums out at a certain point, but I remember going in there and they just had, it was cassettes and they were just lined up, just <laughs> all these different cassettes. And I'm pulling them out and looking at the covers of all of them. And I'd seen them in an advertisement for um, Asylum. When Asylum came out, they took out like a two page ad in the magazines. And one side it had the new album, and on the other side it had all their other albums. And I remember seeing Dynasty because I that's one of my absolute favorite album covers by Kiss is Dynasty. I love the just the deadpan, they're just there, they're looking at the camera and they just they all look really cool. 
So, um, no, this album came out in 1979 and Peter Chris only plays drums on one song on this album. So, which nobody knew them, but it was Anton Fig that played drums. Anton Fig played on Ace Fraley's solo album. And he almost got the gig in Kiss before uh, Eric Carr was announced. But what we're going to do, though, is we're going to talk about the songs in general. Kind of like a little a little album review, but just talk about the songs. But um, we're going to do it a little differently than we than I've done any other album review. Every other time we just go straight, you know, front to back, um, side one, side two. But today we're going to start with side two. And I remember having the cassette that Dynasty was the... Uh, Dynasty. Dirty Living was the last song on side one. So we're going to start off with side two. The opening track is Charisma. you like to take it first or would you like me to go first? <laughs> no, you can go first. You want me to go first. Okay. Yeah. So charisma, obviously it's the opening of side two, but if you go back in the history of kiss, it's a very, this is a, a this is a very rare. This is the only album that ACE has more songs than Gene on. And if you listen to side one of the album, you start with, I was made for loving you. 2000 man. So you got a Paul song, an A song, sure know something, another Paul song, dirty living, a, a Peter song. So Gene doesn't even have a song on the album yet. You know, I, I can imagine some people were probably listening to the album and going, man, where's Gene? Because I think I reckon they were probably thinking a lot of things before they got to a Gene song. Yeah, they were well, thinking of this album. But maybe they were hoping. Well, gosh, after after his solo album, they might not have been wanting a Gene song actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but Charisma is the opening track on side two of Dynasty Dynasty. If you're down under, um, <laughs> or if you're on the podcast with me and you want to hear it said that way. So, <laughs> but um. It really was strange because for me, as a Kiss fan, if I go back and, and I say I had Animalize, right? So Animalize starts with two Paul songs, then it has a Gene song. Then uh, I'm trying to think. You got, you got you got the I've had enough. You got Heaven's on Fire. And then you got Burn, B, Burn, Biatch, you know. Um, then, yeah, I think Get All You Can Take was next. And then I can't remember what the fifth song on side one was. But then I believe side two you know what? How about instead of instead of a guessing here, I just pull it up and look because uh, 
Google's your friend. And, well, I have him on my phone here. So yeah, okay. So yeah. get all you can take, and then Lonely as the Hunter was the. So Gene had two songs on side A. So back, you know, when I got into him, Gene had you a lot of times every other song, like on um, Asylum. The second song was Gene. The fourth song was Gene. The sixth song, the eighth song, uh, and then the last two were Paul. But you go to Creatures, you had, you know, Paul, Gene, Paul, Gene, Paul, Gene, Paul, Gene, Gene. So Gene actually had more songs on Creatures, which is an extremely rare thing. And then Lick It Up was the same way. A Paul song, a Gene song, a Paul song, a Gene song, a Paul song, a Paul song. Well, he had Gimme More, All Hell's Breaking Loose, and A Million to One in a Row. Then Gene ended the song, album with three songs. So that was a little different too. But I was used to a lot of Gene stuff. So I remember listening to this and it was weird. So, but Charisma is, is a song that, that Kiss never played live and it, it has kind of developed like a cult, like a kind of a cult status. So um, I think vocally on the sound, on the song, he sounds good. You know, the way, cause he sings and he's kind of low, you know, is it my fortune or my fame? So he sounds cool on it, um, and on the chorus he sounds cool. But I think the actually leading up to the chorus, when he sings in the chorus, it sounds cool. But I think the chorus sounds kind of corny. You know, what is my and and they just the background vocals don't sound that good there. Like there's some kind of weird mix going on. Um, something else I don't like about this song is the guitar sound is not very crunchy. It's more, dun, dun, it, I don't, I, you know, if you, if you think about the way the, the the rhythm guitar sounds in this song, it just doesn't have a bite to it, you know, that say they had on Love Gun or the, you know, the solo albums, I mean, not the solos, but Ace and Paul's solo albums per se. Um, I think the best thing about this song is his vocals. He, he, he sounds like he's trying to be the demon, mm-hmm. but he's singing a corny song. But I still like this song. Um, Ace has a good guitar solo in it. Uh, you know, it, it's. I think the songs on side one, the solos are not very long at all. And this is a decent length of a solo. I believe at this point in the album, it was the longest solo. Um, now, one thing that I love about Kiss that they've done on many, many, many songs Um you know, they did it with makeup years. I've never really ever heard anybody talk about this with Kiss, but something I absolutely love um, is it's it's a I think it's a two letter word that they use quite a you know on quite a few songs. Um, Paul uses it on on another song on here too. But there's like take the line where he goes, "Do you lose all control?" And he goes, "Ha!" You know, I love every time that Kiss does that on any song when that when they throw the ha in the middle of a song, you know, it's just, I don't know if people notice it, but me, but I love it. I always love it when they do that. There's little punches. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little, it's just a small thing that it's just a little niche thing that they do on. I've always wanted to do an episode where we just pull out every ha that they did. Um, but I do like, there's another part in the song I like where it's just the drums that are going, what is my, the drums kind of sound weird. Charisma. You know, and then and then Gene comes in behind him. He's like, "Is it my body or my brain?" It's like him in another deep voice. You know, it, it sounds corny, but um, overall, I do like the song. It, it's it's like I said, it's not a favorite, but I would never skip it either. It's kind of a fun song to listen to. So, 
I don't know what I would rank it on a scale of one to ten. I'd say maybe a, a seven if I was going. I, I haven't written any of this down, but what would you, what do you think about it? So, do you think that Gene sounds corny within this? Um, or is it the background vocals that are corny? The background vocals, and then the part where 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 there's there's like a little part where where the drums are just playing by themselves with no mm-hmm. other instruments, and they're going, "What is my <laughs> pa, 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 charisma?" And then and when he comes back, Gene's like, "Is it my body or my brain?" But then there's that really deep voice behind it. Yeah, and I tried to see if that to me it I, I, if that's Gene, his voice has to be altered because it's way too deep. But to me, that deep voice sounds corny. The deep voice and the background vocals in this song in particular. So, no, but for me, this is a I never ever think of this song if I think of this album. Okay, and and if I think of the song, then I don't think I really care much for it. But then I listen to it and I get a kind of different a different story. It's like, yeah, I don't mind it. But I do like Gene's voice in yeah. this, and I do like the way he delivers his lines. So, and what it's funny that you mentioned like his little house because I made a note there of that as well. Yeah. So I like when he's singing the verses, and I put here like you mentioned seductive, and yeah. that was one of the words I had thought, and I was like, well, it it felt kind of like hypnotic, as if he's trying to hypnotize you with what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, that was the the impression I got, kind of going between those two words. Sure. Or, and um. But his, like you mentioned, his delivery with the little punches at the end of the lines. He'll say whatever he says, and then, ha! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, or, or too much. You know, he's seductively yeah. letting you know. And so I liked his delivery in this. Yeah. Um, but then, like you mentioned, I realized this chorus is just weak. You know, what is my? Mm-hmm. I think it just weakens the song. But as far as the chorus itself goes, like you had mentioned as well, like I like when Gene cuts through the middle of the chorus. And he's got yeah. his own vocals and lines that come through. Yes. But other other than that, I think the chorus is just weak. That's yeah. That's just what I thought. I put it is a pretty decent mellow little solo in the middle. Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> but then if I didn't like the chorus to start with, and the chorus is kind of yeah, say average. Yeah. That's pretty much the whole second half of the song. So like you said, after that little drum section. It's just what is my career? Oh yeah, it's long. It, it it goes a long time at the end where they just keep repeating what is my, you know, and then Gene says his like he says his little cool things in there. But yeah, it is the most uncharismatic charisma <laughs> thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what did I put here? Oh, because then I'd gone on to because originally when I'd done this, I'd done them all in order as well. So we're taking this from uh, the starter side too. Mm-hmm. But I'd noticed, well, I'd put here that I'd noticed, that I really like all the bass line, all the bass work that's been done through this. Okay. And I know that we'll touch on, you know, who did this and who may have done that. Yeah. Um, but this is just another one. So I, I'd never really noticed how much I like the, the bass running through the album. But by the time I got here, I was like, I like, I like what Gene does. And I was never really a Gene fan or anything, but I think the bass tracks kind of stand out. In this, yeah, there's some um, there's some bass. I have one interesting bass note. I had written a note, and then I read something later that completely threw off my note. <laughs> so yeah, but I think this would be. I put here this song had potential. It it could have been a decent song, but the chorus just lets it down. But I, I like everything else about it, apart from the chorus, and I think that's what makes it forgettable. Yeah, G- well, so, just go ahead. Sorry, 
I was going to say, it's just something that, that's probably why it just never sticks out to me. Yeah. If the chorus is not working, well, it's not at the forefront of my mind when I think of this. So this is not a song, because sometimes I'll have songs where I'll think of it, and that'll take me to the album, and I'll listen to the album in its entirety. <laughs> yeah. That, it's not charisma. That's not going to do that. He actually played this song on a solo. He did a solo tour a few years ago where he just went, and he was doing like comic book conventions and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And he, he pulled out this. He pulled out a Got Love for Sale, you know, as far as uh-huh. some extreme rarities. He played a song called My Life. It's My Life that, um, that from what I have read, has had kind of been sniffing around ever since, I think, Creatures of the Night. And it's a, it's like a B-side. There, it's a B-side on some versions of Psycho Circus, and it's a really good song. But he played that on his solo tour. So that's – I wanted to see that. It wasn't really a tour. He just put together some shows because they weren't doing anything. And oh, okay. It came to Austin, it, and but he canceled before the show, and I didn't. I, I was planning on going to see it too, but man, I was pretty. But you up. saw? What did you see this on, like on, on YouTube or something? I've seen him play it. Yeah, I saw it at some of the conventions that where they played it. Yeah. So, so how did this? How does this work live? Uh, you know, it, it's it's a people going to see Gene Solo are big Kiss fans. You're not yeah. going to see Gene Solo. Unless you're a huge fan, because you might go see Kiss and not be a huge fan, but you're not going to go mm-hmm. see Gene at a comic book convention if you're just a, <laughs> you know, oh, well, uh, you know, if you hear Kiss, you go, oh, man, maybe they'll play Lick It Up, or maybe they'll play, you know, uh, I don't know what generic songs there are that Kiss fans would like, really, anymore. Rock and Roll All Night, you know, or Shout It Out Loud or something, but... yeah. So people that were there were all diehard. So when he, when he jumped, and, and he had a band... It's basically, I believe it's Ace Frehley's solo band now, but that band were like, they're diehard Kiss fans. And so they were always kind of egging Gene, man, let's do this. Let's play something that you have never played. They were trying to pick things that they wanted to hear. And they knew, you know, like I said, it's got kind of a little bit of a cult following. Charisma does. Yeah. So um, the other thing, oh, I'm going to give you a a, 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 cho- a pick or choose like th- type of deal right now. It's a lightning round. One question only. Which song would you rather listen to? Charisma by Kiss or Charisma by Wasp? Charisma by Wasp. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> oh man, I just, did I need to take a moment, or should I? 
no, dramatic that, pause before I answer that. That was a pretty obvious <laughs> answer. I, I love Kiss and I love Wasp as well, but Charisma by Wasp is a better song. So, mm-hmm. um, so the next song on the album, uh, track number six in total, is Magic Touch, which you're going to go with first. So tell me what you think about Magic Touch. Well, hang on. So I'm just going to make sure. So since I got that question right, am I back next week? We'll 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 just we'll I'll I'll look at the contract and see what the uh, riders you had <laughs> requested are, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know. It's not much of a contract. <laughs> <laughs> So Magic Touch. So I like this. This is a this is a go-to song for me. So if I'm thinking of this, I'll go listen to the album, not just the song by itself. So it's a nice mid-tempo opening to this, mm-hmm. and the song pretty much leads straight into, I think, into a catchy chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's still in the same kind of vein as I was made for loving you, and I'd noted here, sure knows something as well, because I thought we were going to go in order. Yeah. But for this, I like Paul's vocal and his delivery. I think that they serve this song a yeah. whole lot better than the way they have in some of the other songs that I that we sure. would have talked about. Yeah. <laughs> it so it's still kind of I don't know, they'll say disco-ish or poppy-ish, but I don't think it's as much. And I think that probably the reason for that is the background vocals don't really come until near the end of the song, and they're not dominating. Yeah. So although it's, it's got that that type of sound to it. Yeah that I was made for love and you had, but with a, a mellower background, I just think that it, that it helped it. And yeah. it, they were fine at the end of the song anyway. 
Yeah, I like the solo in this as well. And this is one where we talked about, you know, who was doing what. And so when I looked up Wikipedia on this, I was surprised that it was Paul because I didn't realize. To me, like, I was probably a casual Kiss fan. I listened to a lot of Kiss, but I was never in-depth into them. Sure. So that... So to find out that he didn't play on this or he didn't play on that and he played this instead was a, a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, the little breakdown in the middle, I did like. And then it's like, well, the song kind of resets itself as uh-huh. if it's going to start all over again, which I didn't mind because it's a, a catchy song. Yeah. Um, but towards the end of the song when Paul's singing, you know, I really want her, you know, that part, uh-huh. in the same register, as that I can't I can't get enough, uh-huh. you know, I was made for loving you. Sure. I thought in this song, it works. Yeah. And I think it's because it's not dominating the song like it does in the other one. So in this, within the context of it, I liked it here. Uh, and maybe it was also because the song was fading out when he was doing it and it's to, yeah. you know, accent the fact that the song is ending. Uh, but I thought it's one of the strongest songs on this album. Um, yeah, it'll draw me in. And the more I listen to it. Yeah. Uh, I prefer it to some of the the songs that would have come later as well. Like I like some of these songs more than some of the songs on the next two or three albums that are going to come out. Oh sure, I just but that's just why I thought about it. Yeah, the way I did, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, like because I, I put a note here as well. I keep thinking that I was made for love and use the barometer to judge everything else by, and I guess for this and sure knows something. That's kind of what I did, but I just think this is a. A really cool song in its own right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think Magic Touch, as far as, for me, I think it's his crown jewel on the album. I think it's the best. Sure Knows Something is a good song. By you know, you know, it's a great song. But to me, this is a good song, and it's a it's it's a much more for what this album is. It's one of the rocker, more rocking songs on the album, mm-hmm. and especially it's the definitely the most rocking song from Paul that he pr- sings on. Um, I love the way the song, you know, kicks in. It's, 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 you know, it's a rock. It sounds like a rock song when it kicks in. And then I like that there's gang vocals right at the beginning. She's got the magic touch. You know, that sounds cool. Um, you know, and he sounds good in the verses. I like the, I like the, even though I don't really care for the guitar sound, you know, chugging while he's singing, you know, oh, see, I liked that. I just don't think it's it's not heavy. Enough. It doesn't sound bad, but it doesn't sound like it could be heavier. I guess they could have it could have, it could have been a little more rocked up. So, and and it's the producer, you know, Vinny Poncia is the guy who produced mm-hmm. this album. He's also the guy who produced Unmasked. He also produced Peter Chris's solo album. Um, and I just think the guitars are kind of weak on the album overall. You know, other than lead guitars, mm-hmm. but I I love. Uh, The fact that the guitars don't sound so great, it doesn't change how much I like the song. Um, and I love the background vocals on the song. You know, when they, like I said, when they do that whole, you know, she's got the magic touch. Uh, yeah, and there's a part where they go, um, you know, where he goes, he goes, and when she leaves, he, I say, I'm trying to, there's two parts where he does it. He goes, to lock you from her life. And then the backgrounds are, lock you from her life. That part, oh man, I love yeah. that. And then they do that other part. That's when you realize, when you realize. God, I love it. It's, it's definitely heavy on the Gene because Gene has that really super high thing that he can do. Yeah. You know, if you ever watch a live version of them singing, you know, I was made for loving you, which I saw a live version of I was made for loving you just a couple of weeks ago. 
Gene still does that high, you know, stuff. And, but I love, I love those background vocals. It fits really well because the song is not, dare I say, wimpy, like maybe another song on the album where there's really high vocals. Um, yeah, this was never done live, was it? Not that I, yeah, well, Paul did it. Paul did this on solo tours. Oh, did he? Yes. I know it's on a live album too. So that he did, that he released. Um, but then there's, I'm just, I got my, I got different notes written down, just parts that I loved about the song. There's a part where he goes, how much you need her magic. And then they all come in touch or it sounds mm-hmm. like Paul doubled or tripled. Oh, it sounds so good. I love that. And I think Anton Fig does a good job on the drums on this, on this song, on the album, you know? Um, and you said there's that little breakdown part, you know, where Paul does that falsetto the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it sounds good. Like you said on this song. Because it's in the midst of our, it's it's a break from, I hate to call it a hard rock song, but it's a break from the rock and roll. It, it's it's uh it's like sweet and sour. You like contrast? Yes, there you go, contrast. That's why I have you on here. I get the big words. <laughs> I thought it was because I was the cheapest going around. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta you got you know the way I look for things is I go okay. First of all, what's the cheapest? And then I start looking for features. I'm like, okay, this one's little. This is a tiny bit more than this guy, but this one has a lot more features. So that's the way I got you. <laughs> cheap and cheap and nasty wasn't wasn't that what the ad said? Oh my god, <laughs> it was a uh, what was it? What was the the the, the uh, oh when Kiss said they were looking for a guitar player? You had it, your article. Your thing said you said uh, podcaster with flash and balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's funny or it would have been like peters that said podcaster willing to do anything to make it oh <laughs> keyword anything <laughs> anything anything for my baby <laughs> wrong album actually so um sorry we're those are that's that's a little good some little good good they call it minutiae a little bit of kiss minutiae there some old <laughs> ads that how they found peter chris and Ace Frehley. So um, I think uh, that this is one of Paul's best Kiss songs all the way through. Like you go from the first album to Dynasty. I think this is one of the best songs he ever did. That surprises and, me that you would say that. I, maybe it's because it's such a good rocker from him on this album. Maybe it's because of what he what else he has on the album. But I really always <laughs> like this song. And to me, there's a reason he played it on his solo tour as well. So mm-hmm. um, Is that the Live to Win? Is that uh, when he was doing? He did. The, yeah, he did a tour. He had an album from Live to Win, I believe. Magic touches on that, and I know he uh, toured yeah, yeah. in '89 or '88. Between before Hot in the Shade came out, he toured a solo tour, and that was what kind of gave him the idea. You know, we were talking about the set list from Hot in the Shade before, yeah, and that's what gave him coming back, saying, "We got, we need to start doing this because these people want to hear this stuff," and and it, it, you know it led to a lot of interesting things for their future. But yeah, yeah I was, I, huh? Oh, sorry. I, I was going to say, I saw him in Perth and I'm guessing it was early two thousands okay. when he did his solo show. Oh, uh, cool. It was either early two thousands or I was back in Perth in 06, 07 before I come here. So it was somewhere in one of those two times, uh, two times, but I don't remember if he played this or not. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's on this. It's on that album. I don't have that album on my phone or I would look it up. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, and you mentioned this earlier about Paul playing lead guitar on this song. At least that's what it said on Wikipedia. I had never heard that, but I remember every song so far, you know, every song on the album I wrote, I was always paying attention to guitar solos and writing notes about them because I really 
like a lot of what Ace does on this album when he actually gets to play anything. And when I got done with this and I was reading my notes and I looked at Wikipedia and I saw that, I looked through my notes again to see what I said about the solo and I thought, wait a minute, I didn't say anything about the solo. Hmm. Interesting. Paul plays it. I didn't either notice it or I don't know. So, but I really, really like this song a lot though. I really like this song a lot. So, and I would give this song, if I was ranking it, I would give it a 10. Oh, high praise. I don't know if I'd give it a 10, Mm -hmm. but it'd be right up there near it. It could be a nine. My, my scale goes up to 11. You know, my I have a, a spine. My, my scale goes to a spinal tap eleven. That's what I call the the highest. So, this is pretty pretty near the highest. I, I'm going to go ten. So is that maybe going to carry over for the rest of the album? This will be the best on the album, or we got to wait and see. Uh, well, my scale is always. Mark always makes fun of my scale. He said my scale is always screwed up. He said he said with me it's either really low or really high. Everything. So, <laughs> but what I gave uh I gave charisma a seven, didn't I? You know, I wasn't grading songs, but uh, I'm doing this on the fly. I'm do, I'm totally doing yeah. this on the fly. So I'm going to go back. I'll give charisma about a six because okay. it had potential. And, uh, five and a half to six. And what do you give Magic Touch? I'm not going to give it a ten, uh, but I'll give it a I'll give it a nine. It's one of my favorite Kiss songs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So that leads us to our first Ace Frehley song that we're going to talk about on the album. Of three, you know, we, he's got one on side one, but it's hard times. And before we do that, yeah, one thing I don't know, as much as I know you love Kiss, I've never either heard you say, or you've never told me anyway, if you had a favorite member. If I was like going, if, going back to this original period, if I'm ranking the members from the original period, I'm, I'm basing it on what I know now. Uh. So, um, but I've always, after I read the autobiographies, um, I overall, I'll just say this. The autobiographies definitely, I wouldn't say they changed the order, but I was always a Gene guy when I came in because Gene mm. seemed to have, you know, he had the heavier voice, the the, yeah. the more rock sounding. And I didn't know anything about Gene in the 80s. I thought all of his stuff was good in the 80s, you know, other than a couple of songs maybe on Animalize, you know, looking back. But I liked it then. I don't think he was his stuff was nearly as bad as he gets, you know, talked about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say I was a Gene guy for sure, right up front. Um, and then if I'm ranking them in order, I'll just go uh, Gene, Ace, Paul, Peter. Gene, Ace, Paul, Peter. Yeah. Okay. Ace comes across as the rock and rolly kind of guy, cool, laid back, funny. You know, he has issues, obviously, but I like his personality. I like that he's just. You know, he's kind of, there's things I don't like about Ace that I love about Paul and vice versa. Yeah. But, and and Paul has so many incredible Kiss songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go back to the, you know, he's got stuff like Got to Choose and he's got Room Service and he's got um, Come On and Love Me and he's got uh, Detroit Rock City and he's got just so many, Mr. Speed, I Stole Your Love, Love Gun. He's got so many great songs and, and compared to that, Ace doesn't even compare. Yeah. But as, as if I factor in personality and, you know, Paul has turned into kind of, you know, during this whole time, he's, you know, he's got, he's, he's garnered a new nickname from a lot of people. It's pandemic Paul, because he's kind of been this, 
telling, you know, demanding people to wear masks and, and, you know, doing all these things and being kind of pushy about, you know, all this stuff. And I, I, I don't know if I ever had this conversation privately with you. And if you have children, um, I'm sorry, but this is no profanity. It's just something I said, but I said, uh, you know, Paul's wanting everyone to walk around using, let me, let me give you a little lead in line, using protection on their face for the masks. Right. And Hey, I, I don't have any problem with that. But I'm like the way you're pushing it so far. I bet I bet you didn't use uh, nearly enough. I bet you didn't use any protection in the 70s or 80s. <laughs> if you know what I'm, if you catch my drift. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that because when we talked about hot in the shade earlier, because uh-huh. I had Wikipedia up, I'd gone to that and they mentioned about using protection in the in their notes. But that's when AIDS. That's when AIDS was yeah, kind of starting to come I, to become I, a thing. I just thought it was funny that they had even put that in there. That's hilarious. There was a, um, I remember I was probably at my hugest of being a Kiss fan after Asylum, because that was right when I got in, you know, and that's when you dive hard and heavy into something. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading magazines and Kiss was recording a new album. It was what turned into Crazy Nights. And I remember one of the names for that album that was thrown out there was called <laughs> Instead of condemnation, <laughs> it was no. called condemnation. <laughs> gotcha. So I, I don't know. I just, you know, Paul, I don't like anybody trying to tell me what to do all the time. You know, I just, I don't care who it is. I, I have a huge problem with authority. You know, a friend of mine used to always tell me my theme song should have been that John Cougar Mellencamp song, I Fight Authority, Authority Always Wins, because <laughs> I just don't like being told what to do. You know, I think it's, I think that's part of being that's kind of it's a very i just i'm a i have a rebellious spirit you know so but yeah i, I for that paul took that and he gets number three and peter in his book he comes and i've re, you know learned a lot just by reading the other books but he comes across as the most whiny he's all his problems are never his fault everything is somebody else's fault and he just he seems like the most mood i always used i had a saying where i say Peter should have been a dog instead of a cat because he acts like a, um, <laughs> a, a something that rhymes with witch <laughs> so, a lot. But anyway, I'm supposed to be talking about hard times. Why are you throwing me off here? Uh, you know, I just threw you a question. You ran with it. Dude, you don't throw a loud mouth over talking <laughs> American a question because we don't know when to I shut sh- up. I should have known. You should have known. Man. You, when will you ever learn, man? Isn't there a line in a song that says, when will I ever learn? There probably is. I know there's one. Who, who knows? <laughs> but that's a that's a line you need to. That's a line that you need to put into your psyche. Every time you ask me a question, you'll be thinking that. When will I ever learn?
So hard times. Uh, I, I wrote down the production has definitely weakened the guitars on this album. Um, this song is the hardest rocking song on the album, probably. Uh, and you know, it's an a song. Um, I think his singing on this song, it's pretty aggressive. And I think it's one of his best vocals I've ever heard him do especially, well, he just doesn't have the greatest singing voice, but he's got a serviceable singing voice. And I think he sounds really good on this song. Um, he, 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 you know, the, the, the verses sound good. You know, the chorus, mm. he's the only one singing the chorus other than the, I don't want to be there kind of thing. Um, we're we're going to differ on this, I can tell. Okay, well, I, I'm just an old school guy, but, but you know, there's a part where he says, we had to fight to be accepted, you know, and look, I get it, Ace doesn't have the greatest voice, but like when he says we had to fight, I just like, he had a reputation, they said, when he, when he did shock me in the studio, he laid on the ground to do his vocal because he was too embarrassed to stand up and let anyone watch mm-hmm. him sing. Yeah. So to me, when I'm hearing them sing this, I'm like, he's come a long way because you could tell he is confident in himself. Yeah. Um, but there's another part where he goes, where he goes, now I'm on the right track. And he goes, yeah. And it echoes about three or four times. That sounds really cool. I like that part. Yeah. The, the solo, um, the solo is really good. The, but it, it sounds a little weird to me because it almost sounds like the second half of the solo isn't him because the first half you listen to it, if you're listening on headphones, like it was on my left. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, back in the day when they used to switch sides or record on sides or whatever. And so the, the next part of the solo comes in on the right and it just doesn't sound at all. Maybe, maybe it does a little bit, but it doesn't sound nearly with all the little acisms and things that he does in his playing that you are accustomed to. If you know, his playing, so I thought that was weird, but um, overall, I say it's, it's a strong vocal from Ace. Um, I think everything on this album in his soloing um, is great. Uh, I think it's really, really good. But overall, this is not a favorite of mine. This is definitely a song that I used to skip all the time. I just didn't like it as much. It didn't grab me, even though it's an aggressive song and it's, it's one of my probably lower ranked songs on the album. Um, but I would say, like I said, it, it Ace came off the high of his solo album and he was firing on all cylinders. This is much better. This song is much better than anything he did uh, at on Unmasked. You know, his songs on there are all corny and, and I don't know. But I would say I'd, I might would give this maybe a... Like Mark said, I'm, I'm generous with my numbers. So I might give it a seven. Yeah, I. This song was odd to me, like listening to this, <laughs> and I listened to this a lot. And so, where you talked about you liked Ace's vocals, uh-huh. uh, this is not one where I was a fan of his vocals. In parts of it, I was. Yeah, but I I put a note here that not everything that glitters, i.e., Ace's makeup, is gold. <laughs> and I put, in this case, I think this might be the weakest track so far. I like and the and I, I just like the aggressiveness of his. I like the aggressiveness of his singing. That's what that's what kind of draws me to it. Yeah, I I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the same reasons I didn't like it. Um, so I, I, like I put here, there's some good parts, but there's weaker parts there also. And to me, I actually noted that the issue was Ace's singing or the way he barks in the verses. So where you're saying sure. that he's emphasizing, that. he's emphasizing those words. I know it just seemed basic. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know. I've never heard people say good things about the song. I've never heard people say, say bad things about the song, so I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, but the music was pretty decent. I didn't think it's as strong as what some of the, the earlier tracks had been. And I didn't mind the chorus. I thought that was fine. And I did like the bridge going into the guitar work and into the solos. And I did like the solo as well. Mm-hmm. I, I had a note. There's a there's some good guitar work in here. And I can hear the I can hear him playing the guitar. I know it's him. You yeah. know, I don't need to look up the liner notes to know. I can recognize his sound. Sure. But I don't take out a lot of the lyrics. I just didn't care for. I just thought they were kind of. I don't get a lot out of Kiss lyrics anyway. Sure. Yeah. What what I'll usually do? I listen for the melodies, like the vocal melody. Yeah. Because you know, Kiss are pretty much within a a certain sphere that they write within. Right. Um. Well, let me say this too. I, I think this song's supposed to be a little bit autobiographical. He's trying to get back uh-huh. on the right track, which he, even though he says now I'm on the right track, I'm finally on the right track. And you read the, you read his book and there's no way he was on the right track. He was still coked out and <laughs> drunk all the yeah. time. Unless that was his track. Mm-hmm. That was the right track for him. <laughs> so my biggest problem with his vocals with, it was within the choruses. And I put a note here that when Ace is singing the verses, I feel like I'm being punched in the face. <laughs> With weak lyrics and this vocal delivery. That's funny. And I'm, and I'm sure you'll say it's funny, but I'm sure someone out there is saying, yeah, I wish he was punched in the face. Um, but as you mentioned about his voice, so I put a note here. He has a unique vocal style. And for most of his songs, I do like the way he sings. Yeah. But on this one, it just didn't work for me. Uh, but when he does the little bridges into the guitar parts and all that, yeah, I did like that. Yeah. Um, I like the sound of the song as it was as it was winding up where he's singing, like I'm on the right track, like you mentioned. Yeah. And so I don't think I, this is not a skipper for me. I'd probably still listen to it, but it's not going to be a track that's going to draw me into this album. Agreed. Actually, Agreed. It's just something I'd listen to as part of the album. Yeah. 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 And, but like I said, I, I don't know. Every time I listen to it, I feel a little differently, but I think the overall thing was just what you liked. I kind of didn't. Yeah. Like I said, this, this is never, been a favorite of mine. And I, it's weird to me because I feel like I should really like this more because it is the hardest rocking song mm-hmm. on the album. And I mean, it might, it might be close to save your love as well, but Oof. it's, but it's, I'm talking about in terms of hard rocking, you know, like heaviness or whatever you want to call it rock, you know, straight up rock. And it's, it's definitely, um, you know, it, it has those elements that, I like and but but if, like I said, it's never been a song that I've liked that much. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm particular on Ace songs. Like a lot of people love Shock Me, and I like Shock Me. Okay, but I'm like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll save that for another for a little bit here. Um, so what would you give that on a scale of one to ten? Uh, maybe a five, and a five is probably a little unfair because when I think of the song. Like now, yeah. There's some melodies in there that I do like, but so I listened to. Well, you had mentioned something recently about you can have a good song, but if it has a, a weaker chorus or a weak verse, it can kind of spoil the taste of that song. True, and I think that that's what it does here. But I'm, yeah, I'm thinking five or six. So, if, what did you give Charisma? I gave Charisma. Did you say six and a half? I or think something? I said a seven. I'm not giving. So I'm, I'm trying not to go halves because I would give. If I was going halves, I would say I would give uh, Magic Touch maybe a nine and a half. Yeah, but I just so you think 
So you think that that's better than this? Is that what you? Which one? Charisma? Yeah. I think Charisma is a more enjoyable listen than Hard Times. And I gave Charisma yeah. a seven, didn't I? Yeah, I okay. think you did. Okay, I'm going to lower my hard times to a six then, because I can't. Because right. I do, I do enjoy, I do enjoy uh, charisma better. All right, if I'm going to do it like that, I'm, I'm going to stay with my five. There is parts okay. that I do like, but there's parts that I just don't really sure, yeah, sure. get into. Yeah, yeah, that's all. And it's just an opinion. Everyone's got one. It's all going to be different. Oh yeah, it's it's. I don't think anything either of us say. I mean, look, I've been a Kiss fan since 1985. So I don't have to defend my position to anybody. I mean, if they uh, like, I posted a thing on Twitter earlier, and this guy comes on there, and I posted the song that I'd listened to was "I Still Love You," and this guy mm-hmm. comes on there, like I said, "Oh my God, this is an incredible song." And he comes on, he posts on there, he just says, "I've never liked Kiss, Steve," and I was just like, uh, I, I wasn't quite sure why he was saying that to me. I was kind of like, "Well, that's okay." I mean, I said, "Look, we don't all like the same things. That's cool. I don't care." It'd be a boring world if we did. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not going to sit there and argue with somebody about it and go, dude, you need to listen to this. It's incredible. I, I just was like, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, and, and sometimes I feel like on stuff like that, I'm just almost like, well, you don't have to even say anything if you don't like it. It's just, it is what it is, you know, just move on. And, and as you say, and the other thing, this is how I feel today. So, when you ask someone, you know, what's your favorite Maiden song, it's mm-hmm. going to change. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. the way I feel right now, you know. I so what you're telling me is, in six months, "Hard Time" is going to be maybe your favorite song on the album. <laughs> I don't know, but you know who we can go and ask. You can go ask Kirsty; she'll remember. You know, she'll be like, "You didn't like that song back then. <laughs> you didn't like that six months ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> you ragged on that song. You wrote it off. Exactly. <laughs> so let's go to uh, what is track eight on the album. Uh, the third song was that the third, fourth, fourth song on. Side two, we had, uh, so far we've had Charisma, Magic Touch, Hard Times, and Gene's second and last vocal on the album, uh, X-Ray Eyes. do you think of x-ray eyes this is another one where i just don't give it any thought until i hear it Mm -hmm. and so i put here it's another gene song where again you know like the last song i do like his vocals again in this Mm -hmm. and so i put a note because i got a problem with kiss now where the internet's kind of spoiled kiss for me like i used to like all this stuff back in the day and i'd put i guess i forget that gene used to do a pretty good job at his job, you know, before I started reading all the articles of this, that, and the other, because then I get my opinion skewed. I can't always separate yeah. the art from the artist, unfortunately, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, but I put, yeah, it's another catchy song, and I do like Gene's voice in this, and I like, I like the way he delivers his lines, like same as in the other song, just the way he mm-hmm. he sings them. You know, they're not just 
you're not mailing it in. You know, there's a bit of thought behind sure. the way that you're doing this. Um, but same as the other song, yeah, I liked it. Uh, the bass line in this, so I put that this is a pretty simple bass line that he's doing. It. They're not as, not that the other ones are all complicated, but maybe they're just a little bit more technical or a little bit more interesting. Yeah. But this is a little plainer. It's a little more straightforward than some of the other tracks, but it still drives the song pretty well. I had no problem with it. But, yeah, it's catchy. The backing vocals, yeah, I don't mind them. The guitar work, yeah, I like that again. It's got a, to me, the the solo, and this was kind of spacey mm-hmm. sounding. It's just one of those odd kind of things that I picked up on. It's short and sweet. There wasn't a whole lot to it. It was kind of... Yeah. One thing I, I would wish that some of these solos could have been a little longer. When I like them, yes. it's like they're not long enough. Oh, God, yes. But I just put, yeah, it's a pretty decent song, just one I don't think of very often, but I wouldn't skip it. It's not going to take me to the album. It's catchy, but it's not going to it's not gonna draw me to anything. Okay, okay. So what would you- But- re- go, go ahead. But, you know, but I was going to say, having said that, I think I liked it more than what I did Hard Times, so I'd go and give this a six. Oh wow, we're we're gonna we're definitely gonna disagree on this one here. Mm. Um, okay, so it's, it's it's obviously he only has two songs. Yep. Straight up, I, if I could talk to Gene and just you know, I'd like to talk to Gene and ask him a million questions about Kiss and and get honest answers, which you're probably not gonna get. But I would like to hear why he only had two songs on this album. Because, I mean, he could say, "Well, Ace brought more." I'm like, "Well, why wouldn't you have ten songs on the album and at least have three? I mean, it's not like this album is incredibly long or anything. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. Let's see. Well, considering one of those songs is a cover as well. Yeah. One of, I mean, so, this is only 39 minutes long. Uh-huh. So I don't know if maybe they could only fit a certain amount of time on each side of the album. But I surely could would think, you know, I don't know. Maybe that was maxing it out a little bit. But I, I thought they could do a little more than that because if you go to – uh Heck, if you go to Unmasked. Well, the Alive albums would have been longer than that. But those were double albums. Those were double albums. So Unmasked oh, is sure. only 40 minutes. The Elder is 43 minutes. Uh, Creatures is only 39 minutes. So maybe that maybe they had a time limitation. I would, I'd be interested to hear from that from somebody. But I, it surprises me, like I said, that Gene, I mean, Gene is not... Paul has said that Gene's makeup, Gene perfected the makeup. His makeup is the face of Kiss when you think of mm-hmm. Kiss. You know, if you're going to think of one member, it's Gene. But that said, this is the most straight ahead rocker because he only has two songs. And charisma is kind of corny. You know, it's kind of goofy, but it's I like it. Um, I think his vocals sound great, you know, where he's like, you know, he's like, you don't want my love to do. And I like I like where he goes, um, he go, like he'll go, well, I'm your one and only. That's a fact. And he goes, yeah, I'm the one. You know, he just, his voice, like you said, sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very Gene-ish. Yeah, and the chorus is good. You know, I've got, it's, it, the lyrics are corny. You know, they're not, like you said, you don't, you're not looking for an Iron Maiden level lyric here. You're, <laughs> it's I'm not getting a history lesson. Yeah, but when he says, I've got x-ray eyes, and then after, I, my one of my favorite things that, of all this song is after he says that and they go, ah, you know, like it's a, like a group vocal thing or whatever. It's probably just Gene and Paul. Cause it sounds like this album was recorded very separately because they say on, on the ACE songs, ACE plays guitar, ACE plays bass, mm. rhythm, lead and bass. 
And then the only thing that they said, the only other member on any of, of his songs was Paul singing backgrounds. So it, there was, you know, like, you know, on some of these songs, um, Gene was doing uh, rhythm guitars, I think on a couple songs. Yeah. So it's, it's strange, you know, it's strange to me, but um, I love those background vocals though. I just love the, the uh, it's just, it's, it's very, oh, I don't know if tranquil is the right word that I want. That's the word that popped into my head. Um, you know, and then there's a transitional part that leads us into the solo where it's like, dun, 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 you know, and then, and then like you said, Ace comes in with that really spacey sounding solo and he like holds one note right at the beginning of the solo for a good bit. And this is an incredible solo. I love, love, love. This is one of my favorite solos on the album, but it's way too short. Way mm-hmm. too short. You know, this is where you want an extra 20 or 30 seconds of it. So, yeah, I like the ending of the song, you know, but there's an interesting sound that you hear at the end of the song. He'll go, you know, I've got x-ray eyes and you'll hear them go x-ray. And then there's this weird sound after x-ray. I didn't notice that. It only does it like two or three times, but I love the ending of the song too. When they do that, when he goes, I've got x-ray eyes. And then you hear them go x-ray uh, and there's x-ray. And I'll, if, if I, if I have my druthers about me, I will make sure and include that in here. I, I hope to, you know, include some audio, uh, video, audio, some of the song audio. <laughs> and I was just thinking, so when I gave this a six, it's within the, the scope of this album because six might not sound very good. And it's still a catchy song. Yeah. When you said six, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know what? You got to rank something. Something else has got to be higher. This could be lower. I can't do mm. what you do and give them all sevens or all eights or something like well, that. Well, this one's, uh, so far I've got a, uh, let's see, what what do I have so far here? I've got, I got Charisma, a, what did I give Charisma? A seven? I think you said a seven, yeah. Okay. Magic Touch got a 10. Hard Times got a six. X-ray eyes is well, we'll we'll find out what X-ray eyes is going to get. Um, let's see. I think I, I think I kind of covered what I wanted to say about the song though. Um, but yeah, there's that weird noise, and I'm sure it's I'm sure other people have heard it. I'm sure somebody on another podcast that knows more has probably already covered it. What it is, what the noise is, but it's interesting to hear. I don't know what it is. And like I said, I would I would like to hear Gene explain why he only had two songs, and and maybe it was just an issue of. Well, we only have so many minutes and there wasn't time for another song. And mm-hmm. that seems like 
the most logical explanation. But to think Peter has one song on this album and Gene only has two, that just seems weird. Well, one song and one performance. Well, yeah, that's all he he, he only. That's. But like, he, I mean, not playing within within any of the other songs. That's what surprised me. I didn't realize that until I was looking into this. Well, supposedly he had had a pretty bad car accident, and he was oh, healing okay. up from it. But I'm like, but he, I think he did okay on the drums on Dirty Living. So, um, but yeah, I think I would thinking about that. What I've said about the song and and just listening to it, and I do enjoy this song. This is a song that I would never ever skip. I love this song. But I wouldn't give it a, a ten. I would. I, I was thinking an eight. I would give it an eight. So, mm. like it's like like I said, Mark always gives me a no pun intended. <laughs> always gives me a hard time about uh, the way I rank songs because I rank things. But I just do it. I'm very flippant, you know. I mean, I could listen to this album tomorrow and give X-ray Oz a nine or a seven, you know. I just it's. But I love that song. I really like that song a lot. So. Which, um, anything else you want to add on X-Ray Eyes? Uh, Would you like to change your uh, change your number that you gave it? No, I'm going to stay with, <laughs> what did I give it a five? I'm just looking at what I give it and I was thinking, I thought I give it a six, I better change it then. You want to change it? <laughs> sure, I'll give it a six. No, you said a, it, you said a six already. You didn't give it a five, you gave it a six. You gave hard times a five. If you keep this up, I'm going to change it to five. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't care. <laughs> I'm giving it a five. It's gone. So it's been written. So it's been done. Oh no! Oh no! You, you, it's it's still catchy. Like it five's halfway. It's a pass. Oh man! <laughs> I wasn't expecting that on this song. Okay, okay. Well, that you know, it's your opinion. Well, see, but I'm but I, when I think about it, like if I think about one of the other songs, there's no way it comes anywhere close to it. So then it's like, well, it can't be one or two or three under. It's got to be a bit more. So that's why. I'm, that's my logic. That's Matt logic. Do you remember? Do you remember whenever I would end the podcast sometimes, and I would go, and then I would go, uh, I would go, I would say Matt, and then I would go the most hated <laughs> man in podcast land, Mark. But you thought I was saying Matt, the most hated man in podcast land. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what did I do? <laughs> well, just just remember this, because because I'm I'm kind of anticipating a, a little bit of hate coming your way from this, so. Um, you know, I think heavy is the head that wears the crown, and uh, Mark's doing a good job with that. <laughs> yeah, but he might be transferring it over now. <laughs> oh man! So anyway, let's go to the last song on the album, uh, and I will take this one first. It is the closing track, "Save Your Love." It's an A song.
I like the way it starts off really quick. You know, ba-da-da-da, bam-bam-bam-bam-bam-bam. And then Ace is immediately singing. And the lyrics are a little corny. You were my woman. And oh, I was the- your man. Hold on, hold on. Because this is the exact opposite of the last song for you and me. No, 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 I'm just saying, he sounds a little corny, you know, just you, I mean, just think about a, a, a song lyric, you were my woman and I was your man, you know, it's just, it's a little corny. I like it though. Mm. I really, you know, the song has a, a good driving rock sound from the get go, which is like I said, if you listen to the first two couple, you know, well, let's, I won't go there. So, but he goes, you know, you were good looking, you know, I was your biggest fan. You try to teach me things I already knew when you couldn't reach me, babe, you know, I think you knew that we were through. And then one of my favorite moments of the whole song happens. Baby, it's over! And it echoes. Oh, I love that. And then the chorus, you know, save your love, save it. Then they double. They, mm-hmm. It's like, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's Paul on all of them. Because I thought it was the whole band, but it's got to be Paul since he's the only one that did it. But it's Paul, then two Pauls. Then it's like the when Ace comes in, save your love, I don't want it. I think there's three blended Paul voices and it sounds so cool, man. I love that. Um, I absolutely love this song. You know, um, let's see. There's another part of the song where he goes, he goes, you tried to change me and mess up my mind. <laughs> like, he's just like, like, first of all, Ace's mind is like huh. jello anyway, but I love, <laughs> I love the way he sounds on that. And then he goes, you know, you try to change me and mess up my mind. Now don't rearrange me. And that's, you know, girl, that's why you're, that's why you're left behind. And then he does another one of those. It's over now, 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 now. And then the whole save your, and then double and triple with Ace. Oh, that's so awesome. And then we get the best Ace solo on the entire album right here in this song. He, he, it's full of ace-isms, full of the little things that he does. You know, there's that, you know, when a guitar player will be playing on a Les Paul and they grab that little knob at the top and they, they switch it. Mm, and you know, when yeah. ace is that, he goes like, like he does it with that. Oh, I, I love that too. Incredible, incredible solo. It's, it's, I think it's the longest solo on the album, but he finally gets to play the whole thing out. Solo, the aggressiveness of Ace singing this song. This is quite possibly, if we're just talking Kiss albums, not the Ace solo album, this is quite possibly my favorite Ace song 
bar none um, of anything he did with Kiss. I, I, Rocket Ride's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, if you go to his solo album, there's a lot of, you know, Rip It Out is is really good. Um, but I think this is way better than, sh- this song blows Shock Me away. I like it. I like, even though Shock Me probably has a better guitar solo. I love this song. Can I guess what you're going to give it? You can guess. I'm really, I'm thinking right now in my mind because, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and take a guess. What do you think? Hey, are you going to give it a Spinal Tap 11? Uh, I, I, I would go 10. Or a, a solid 10? Now, 10. I'm glad you did that because I was kind of baiting you into this. So you said Magic Touch is a 10. Yeah. So which is a better song out of these two? You'll have to find out when we do our song rankings at the end. Oh, okay. Because then I was <laughs> going to go into something further and say, how can you do that? One's got to be better than the other. So you're spoiling well, it for me. Y- this is what 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 um, James has told me, or or someone told me. They said they they do a scale of one to five, and they said, "Look, James." Actually, James did say this when we talked about the new album. He said, "He said not all fives are equal." <laughs> he said, "But that's True. the high, but that's the highest I can go." So, um, <clears throat> you know what? If I was ranking save, okay, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, save your love or magic. Okay, go ahead. What do you tell me? You tell me about save your love. You're baiting me into saying something I, I don't want to say just yet. <laughs> All right, save your love. So I put save your best for last with some question marks. And put maybe. <laughs> so when you were talking about it and you were just saying the lyrics a second ago, it makes me want to hear this song again. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I put this is one of my all-time favorite Ace tracks. And so when I was listening to it, because I listened to it again earlier tonight, and I've listened to this a lot, I got goosebumps. And it, I get goosebumps when I really, really like something. And I yeah. get goosebumps a lot, apparently. But um, when you mentioned about when he punches out that, you know, baby, it's over. Yeah. That's what, that's when they kicked in. I was like, oh, this song's awesome. Yeah. But what I liked about him in this is the contrast in the way he sings. So before, in Hard Times, I didn't like the way he was delivering the verses. Okay. But in this, I like how he goes from his, you know, standard ace tone of singing and you use the word aggressive, which is what I'd put here as well. He's got that more aggressive tone in the, in the chorus, which sets them apart mm-hmm. from the verse. Yeah. Oh, beautifully, I think. And I'd put here, you know, did Ace play bass on this as well? That's one of the things I was kind of wondering. So you're um, wondering if he was Ace of bass on this song? If he was the Ace of bass. <laughs> he did, yeah, he did. Do you know if he was? Because this is one of those ones where it's Yeah, he played bass on a, this song. He did. He did. Because mm-hmm. right, that explains why it's just a simple... Kind of thumping, yeah. Uh, baseline still good, yeah. <laughs> it fits, but it, yeah, but it, it's different to to what I've been on the rest of the album for the most part. And I put in here, I love this guitar solo. I just oh, wish God. it was longer, yeah. And it makes me wish that I was seeing this done live. I would, I don't know if he's ever done this as part of don't his know solo he, shows. Or? I think he did it for a little. I think he's done it before recently because he had that band of those guys that are like. Absolute kiss nuts. I think mm-hmm. I'm trying to. I can't remember if he's played it or not. I could swear I heard that he has played this at least at a few shows, and I'm like so jealous that that I was not at one of those shows. Yeah, I'd love to see this live though, because I like hearing. Yeah, I like a song, but I like to hear them live, and I generally prefer if it's a good version. I'll just stick with the live version of the songs. Um, but something we talked about when you mentioned the the background vocals with Paul singing, mm-hmm. so. I had listened to something. It was only within the last few weeks, and I forget. It was another podcast, and they were kind of going on about how boring that the backing vocals were. You know, save your love. Mm-hmm. But I thought that that works brilliantly within this because it's working against 
or with yeah. Ace being so aggressive in this. So you do have that contrast. Yeah. It just worked as far as I was concerned. And because I love the aggressiveness versus just that, that lower register that, that Paul's singing in. And so, yeah, I put this might be the best track on the album because I'm kind of torn between this and another one that we haven't mentioned yet. Okay. But I'm leaning towards this uh, now. When you're talking really, about it and you start thinking about that, you know, and mess up my mind or uh-huh. baby, it's over. And he does. He sings that chorus, really. He sings, like you said, you got, you know, save your love. And then it doubles. And I think that I just like, I like the, the, I like the blended vocals. I always like blended. And it might've been better if it was Paul. And I think it definitely would have been better if it was like Paul, Gene, and then Peter. Doing mm-hmm. those where each voice blended together, I think that would have been better than just having Paul. But, you know, still, I like it. I like it a lot, yeah, so. But I had a note here just to kind of close out on this song. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting, if you look at it from a, a bookend perspective, the way this album starts mm. to the way that it finishes. Yeah. And, I don't know, I think this song's, uh, this is a 10 for me. And actually, I did put one last note on here. Uh-oh. I was going to ask you. So when we we were doing it through, you know, one through nine to start with, we were just going to do it yeah. in a normal order. And I was going to ask you, what happens at the end of this track for the album? Baby, it's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, this song could have gone longer and I never would have got bored of it. I, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I want to hear it again. Yeah. And I, and I think this, for me, is a 10. And I'm sparing on tens. I don't give them out very often. Obviously. Because I don't think there's not perfect songs. Yeah. But I think this is about as close to a ten as you can get. I love this song. It's funny because I I've I've heard a few different people. Like I remember when we talked before and we discussed this album just a little bit randomly and you were saying, Oh, I love Save Your Love. And I was like, That's I don't hear that from many people and I, I never have been able to figure out why. I'm like, I've heard people go on about hard times and two thousand man, and I'm just like I'll save my thoughts for 2000 man, but I, I think, well, I'll just say that I think this is better than 2000 man. Personally, this is just a hard rocking song. Yeah. I love it. Uh, this is what I want from Ace. And I, it sucks that he never, he's never played this. Well, that I know I've seen him live as a solo artist at least three different times. And mm. I've never heard this played live. So no, I haven't had that luxury. I'm happy to get yeah. strange ways when I see Ace live. I, I I'm happy with that as well. So, so I took that song first. So, um, that would take us to the end of side two. That's the end of side two. So now we're going to flip the cassette. See, what happened is someone gave us the cassette and we played side two first because that was where they had listened to side one and they were so aghast at what they heard that they didn't even want to listen to side two and they gave it to us and we turned it on and listened to Charisma and we started there. So, so old school. So the song opens with, and this album was billed as The Return of Kiss. Ah, yes, I did read that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what I was reading about last night. Um, the tour was uh, not a success for Kiss in the States, uh, but uh, it was somewhat or, or New Zealand? Definitely uh, New Zealand didn't work. They just had <laughs> they had bad weather over there or something is what kind of what I remember reading. And it just, the, it, it you know, shipping all of their stage stuff to New Zealand, just shipping it anywhere, you know. Yeah, but that, that already shipped it all the way to Australia. Like New Zealand is just around the corner from there. Well, right, but 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 then they ran into problems, and then it just caused more problems that ate more money. And you know, they were trying to make some money there, and they just you know. But either way, so when I first heard this album, 
I bought it and I played I Was Made for Loving You first. And I don't know what when you first listened to this album, which you which you said you heard it when you were younger, but when you first listened Look, to it as a, an adult, you know, cognitive and now, what do you think when you hear I Was Made for Loving You? Uh, you know, I probably thought it was catchy in the day. You know, we talk about song fatigue sometimes, and this one played. I had some ideas or some thoughts on this song, um, but now, uh, yeah, I've been skipping. I'll listen to it just for a reference, like when we were talking about doing this. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah, I want to get to song two. I don't want to listen to this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so is that all you have to say about it? No. <laughs> okay, just making sure because I thought you were just asking me a question. No, so. When I had uh, I'd started putting some notes here, so what I did when you said we'll go ahead and listen to Dynasty Dynasty, depending on whether you're north, south, or the equator. Yeah, I went back. I started to listen to it, and I was like, you know what? I want to go back and listen to what came before this, so I can hear the contrast and the sound. Okay. So I, I went back and listened to Love Gun, and then I listened to Alive too. But you can't do that. You have to listen to the. You have to go to the solo albums because the solo albums were the last thing they put out before this. But you know what? I never listened to the solo albums. I, I've heard songs, but I was never one to, to buy yeah. those in the first place. But if you're place, talking so. studio albums, yeah, you'd, it would be what was on a live too. Mm-hmm. So just to find out uh, how that was all going to progress. And so after listening to those, you know, the other albums that I just mentioned, so I got a laugh or a bit of a chuckle when, you know, the first song comes on. Mm-hmm. And I put here, you know, the start of the song's fine. The bass line's cool enough. Uh, guitar's okay, that kicks in all, all right. Paul's, mm, yeah, you know, that was still okay. Mm, no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can still deal with that. That's probably not going to have anyone clutching their chest yet. <laughs> but you get that tasty little guitar solo, everything's still going okay. But then you get the do-do-do, and I was like, oh, God, this is all over. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would love to know what people who were growing up listening to Kiss in the 70s, God, I can't what, imagine. what they thought the very first time that they had heard that. See, uh, that would be an I, that would be a perfect question if I did a thing called Kiss Stories instead of Iron Maiden Stories. Mm-hmm. So, so you were a fan whenever Hotter Than Hell came out. Yeah, 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 okay. What, what, tell me about the first time you played I Was Made For Loving You. <laughs> you know, that'd be funny. Because it's such a big change. Yes. And because I, I thought, I put a note. It must be like you know getting the sack of potatoes to the bread basket. You know, under the gut. It's you've gone from a hard rock and band to this sound. Yeah. And this album's fine within the context of it only being this album. But coming from what they were, mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> kind of kind of mind blowing. Let, let me ask you that. this. Let me ask you this. Cause I, I remember hearing something, and I, it's weird, but sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But they used to always say, or I heard people say. You could take the last song on an album and that will tell you what the band is going to do moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. So if you listen to the last song on either Love Gun or Alive 2, do you know what the last two songs are on each one of those albums? On Alive 2? Are you talking like the studio tracks yes, for Alive 2? Stri- studio tracks. Is, oh, is it American Man? I can't remember now. The last track on Alive 2 is Any Way You Want It which was a cover of like a 50s song, right? Yeah. Well, if you go back to Love Gun, it's a cover of And Then She Kissed Me. Yeah, I didn't like that. So both of those are pretty weak. Damning. I I actually don't mind either of those songs. I I don't mind either one. I like listening to either one of them. You know, And Then She Kissed Me is kind of corny, but, you know, I like it. I like any way you want it, though. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it does kind of point you in the direction of, well, these are kind of lighter, wimpier sounding songs. And then you open up dynasty and then that comes on, <laughs> but sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And in this case it did. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, this song, it's okay. But the problem, the problem was I've just heard it way too many times. And now I've just got a tendency to skip it. It's got that catchy pop disco ish chorus. It's it's kind of annoying. It's just too yeah. high. I'm sorry. Go ahead. This is yours. I'll I'll talk about it. In a minute. You can you can jump in. That's fine. I did it to you. All but you know the, the, the way the chorus sounds. It doesn't sound like, you know, like if like if you listen to uh, there is one good version of this song that I like, and it's the version of on a live three. Oh, it's been years since. I've it's a lot that. of explosions. Like the, at the end of the song when they go, "I was made." You were uh, yeah, made, yeah. but it's like I was made. Boom! Just yeah. Huge explosion. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this song's a little cooler, and it sounds heavier on a live three. So yeah. Well, I've got a question for you mm-hmm. on this song. Can you get enough of Paul saying, I can't get enough? I can. <laughs> yeah, I've had enough. I've had enough. Yeah, exactly. I would rather listen to I've Had Enough from Animalize, oh. actually. It's a lot better song. <laughs> so. So I think, okay, so my question on this song, I guess, and it's not even a real question, it's just a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. So if you were to strip this song back a little, because I was thinking about this earlier tonight, because to me, this song is what defines this album. If you mention this album, they're oh, going to yeah. think of this song first. It's a disco album. Yeah. Yeah. But if you were to take away that whiny, can't get enough, Mm-hmm. If you were to take away the the backing, I don't know, is it like an orchestration or something in the in the uh, in the chorus that back or strings or something? Uh, I could never identify what it was. I haven't noticed that. Oh, okay. Well, so for you, that's not a problem then. Okay, if you were to take that away and just I don't know those little extra booms and whatever that fit in there. Would you have a, a decent hard rock song or a decent Kiss song? Like it's like they've started off with the bass song and added too much to it. It's it's a catchy song, but they 
you know, I think the story, if I remember right, is Paul was basically in a disco and he said, I could write this. Yeah. And he wanted to prove himself and he did. I mean, he wrote it with Desmond Child, though, which Desmond Child, if you know who he is, yeah. You know, he's written, he writes hits. So he writes catchy things that are, you know, I Hate Myself for Loving You by Joan Jett. That's a Desmond Child song. And, you mm-hmm. know, lots of Aerosmith songs. Um, are that way as well. I think dude looks like a lady and, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, that was definitely a Desmond child. Cause I think I, I heard an interview with him. And he said that Aerosmith was writing a song. And they were saying cruising for the ladies. And he changed it to dude looks like a lady. <laughs> okay. He was like that. He said, that just sounds stupid. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, wrote writing with Desmond child. And then, you know, I, I don't think this would be a good rock song. I think it's, I think you'd have to change the lyrics of the song too. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, but see, I, I can I can bypass the lyrics because I'll concentrate on the melody if I don't like the lyrics. Yeah, but I, or if, if I'm not sure, interested, I guess I'm just I just only know it because of what it is. But to me, a song called "I Was Made for Loving You" just sounds. I mean, I guess it could sound. You're right. It could if it was rocked up the right way and done in a way that I liked it. Then yeah, I could probably like it. But yeah, I don't like the way I. I wait, I'm still not. It's not my part yet. So uh. no, I was gonna say I I still like the main riff to this. I think it's pretty catchy. And it's memorable. It's catchy, and I do like. Yeah. And I like the solo in it. You know, it's one of those things again where if I like the solo, it's too short. It's, that solo is way too short, and I don't really. To me, that's I don't really like that solo too much either. Oh, you don't? No, I'm saying I do like it. No, it I'm saying I don't. Me. Yeah, but this is about me. I know, I know, I know. But I'm, I, we're just interacting, so go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> All right, I'll go back to interact. I'll just stop. I'll quit talking. You're good. You told me you wanted to interact earlier. Now you're saying you don't. So I'll just sit here. Uh, it's because you're not agreeing with me, though. <laughs> This is all good, but it's one way let traffic. Me, let me let's go back to X-ray eyes real quick. <laughs> no, no, we're good. Let's stay here. So yeah, like I just kind of wondered if they strip some elements back, and of course, why would they do that? This is probably if you think of Kiss, and you're the casual man on the street, this mm-hmm. is what you know. It's one of their biggest songs. Yeah, unfortunately, it, it, it raised another question for me too. I was like, if, so you went and saw them, you know, a few weeks ago. Yeah, how many people would go to a concert and? They're wanting to hear this song. Is it like, oh, I uh, hope they play this? I can't or imagine. Is- I can't imagine. <laughs> no. I'm just that's because I'm not that guy at all. I I was like, that's the one song that when they played it, I literally just stood still the whole time, and I was just like, why do they have to play this? Yeah, they've been taking a lot of flack because at some at sound check the other day they played "Got to Choose," which is off "Hotter Than Hell." They played "Plaster Caster," which is off "Love Gun." They played Christine 16, which is off a of love gun um, during these little sound check things that they do for other, some, you know, lucky fans before the show. And they're like, why, why can't you play got to choose in your set? Take out a song. Like I was made for loving you or take out. So they were, you know, it, I, I love it loud or, or take out. There's just so many songs that they play that they've been playing for so long. Lick it up, you know? Yeah, but those people that are hearing those select songs have paid, you know, their their cash up front getting that. Whereas the casual fan, sure, you know. but I mean, but still, the thing is, y'all can play those songs, play them. I mean, throw throw the the old school guys that want to hear a deep cut, throw us a bone, you know. Mm-hmm. But when they so when they played this song though, I literally I just stood stiff. I was just like. Like and I'm looking around at fans around me and and they're all singing along and I'm just like I don't care how much you like Kiss I don't care how much I like Kiss I don't like this I don't I'm I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I'm just giddy over it you know 
let's go to an Iron Maiden show, right? They play Wasted Years. I love Wasted Years. It's a good song, but I don't want to hear it live anymore. But I'm going to sing along if they play it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. You know, sing- it's funny. I'm not singing along to gonna- this. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that- that's how I feel about the Trooper. Like- <laughs> no, you. Don't. So I never want to hear the Trooper. They play it. <laughs> exactly. And then when I hear, it, I was like, God, this song's good. That was yeah. I I never get sick of the Trooper. I never get sick of Run to the Hills. Um, and two minutes is another one live for me as well. I don't want to hear it. I thought I, I was it, burned like- out on that, but I realized uh-huh. recently. I listened to it again. Listen to it again, and think about. Let me find how many awesome things are in this song. Oh, there's lots. And you, you got the opening riff. Mm-hmm. Then you got the way he sings. You know, kill for gain or shoot to me. Then you go, then you got the pre-chorus. The killers breed. Or the, now the chorus is maybe not the greatest. Two minutes to minute. You know, but the hands that threaten doom to kill the inborn. And that's awesome. Then you got the guitar solo is good. And then there's that little breakdown section before the solo. Yeah, I you love know, that. And then you go, it's the, the, that's an incredible song. I was telling someone like that. That's literally a phenomenal song, but people are just have heard it so much that they're like, Oh, this isn't that good anymore. Like, whatever. It really is. You just forget how out, good that yeah. it is till you hear it again. But this song, well, let me wait. Are you done with your part? Cause I'll, when I get to my part, yeah. okay. I'm burnt out. I'm burnt <laughs> out on this song. Burnt out. Yeah. So first thing I will say, is I was I wrote down about the that I liked. I said Gene has a cool bass line during this song, and then when mm-hmm. I was looking at the Wikipedia thing, he doesn't really. Paul plays the bass on this song. I was like, whoa, that's a good bass line by Paul. Uh huh. So I'll have to I will say that first. That's really good. I mean, it's it's I mean it's a disco you know thing, but it's a cool bass line. So um, yeah, regardless, yeah. yeah. So. I started when I wrote some stuff down. I said, I can only imagine how a seventies kiss fan would have felt, you know, turning this on. Like <laughs> imagine the last thing that you heard from a studio album was I stole your love opening the album. <laughs> and then this opens up. Oh, what the, yeah. you know, that's what I did. I went and compared those. And thought, that's a, that's a big difference. Yeah. And then, then you go and you listen to the so like let's just say you move forward a little bit and you go okay well the songs on outside of uh, rocking in the USA on a live two are good. Um, then you got I'm sorry about the chair squeaking it sounds like I'm farting but <laughs> I swear I'm not it's this chair. Um, of course you're not. And then you go let's say you go listen to the solo albums where you listen to Gene and and Peters and you're like especially Gene's you know I don't have a problem with them because they were doing what they wanted and I respect that but. You know, if I'm a Kiss fan and I'm buying a Gene Simmons solo album, I'm wanting a God of Thunder Gene. I'm wanting a Got Love for Sale Gene. I'm wanting a Going Blind Gene. You know, I'm not want or you know Parasite or Watching You. I'm not wanting even Radioactive, which most people will say is the best song on that album, is not to me that good. It's just I. So I'm. I think that people that probably heard him and Peter's solo albums were probably a little confused going. Golly, what happened? What, what's this? You know, Ace and Paul did good. Unless you listen to Hold Me, Touch Me on Paul's solo album, which is, ugh, I hate. Um, it might be a good, catchy, little ballady, wimpy song, but it's terrible to me. I, I I never listen to it. So anyway, so then they get this build as the return of Kiss. They turn it on, and then they get this. What, like, you got to be thinking, what what happened to the, when I first listened to, to um, The Final Frontier, and it starts off with that do 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 and all that all the weird guitar sounds and the drums just kind of I thought this they've went like avant garde or something what what happened to these guys 
That's what I thought when I heard this. I was like, I'm listening to Animalize Asylum, Lick It Up Creatures. And this comes on and I'm going, mm, I didn't like, I definitely didn't like this song. Um, but I was a diehard Kiss fan. And I'm like, okay, I've got to find a way to like it. So it's, like I said, it's catchy. Um, But this is not what I want from Kiss. So now it's interesting you say that because you can have a good song. <laughs> but it's not what you want to hear from that band. I, I don't think I would like this from really anybody. I just don't like it. I mean, like I said, the Alive 3 version rocks it up, and I, it's tolerable on Alive 3 because they rock it up. And they were playing it for the first time probably since the late you know, 80, early 80s. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, they rocked it up, and it, and it sounded good because they had put Revenge out. So they weren't going to come on there and go, do, 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 do. <laughs> they're, they're going to you know make it sound as rock as they can. And with lots of, you know, explosions. This is something I think a lot of, you'll hear a lot of Kiss fans say, I don't, when they talk about, I'm going to go Carnival of Souls here because there's a contrast here, a, a very, a commonality between these two. Because Kiss at this point of their career became trend followers because they, their biggest hit that they put out was a disco song. And once they did that, they realized if we follow the trends and do certain things this way, we might, get a big hit, you know? So with Carnival of Souls, they did an album that a lot of people want to say is grunge. Kiss doing grunge. This is not Kiss. Kiss is not a grunge band. This is just, this is, I don't look at this. This is not a Kiss album to me. Like, well, if you consider this to be a Kiss song, I was made for loving you, then you have to consider that. I mean, it is a Kiss song. Just like Carnival of Souls is a Kiss album, regardless of whether you like the style. Kiss is a trend. They're like Alice Cooper. They follow trends a little bit. So, they're all Kiss songs. It may not be what you want from them. They may say, I don't want to hear Kiss doing grunge sound. I get it, but it's still Kiss. So, um, As much as Kiss was not a grunge band, they weren't a disco band either. You know, um, Paul's falsetto that he does on that part where he goes, he goes, <laughs> when he goes, he goes, I can't get enough of her. Oh, 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 and he's like, I can't. And he goes so high. I can't get enough. You know, and it gets into that where it goes, you know, it kind of gets back to that right before the guitar solo part. Oh, it's terrible. I I just, it's not, I mean, don't get me wrong. Paul can pull it off and it's not a terrible song, but this is not what I want from Kiss. I do, regardless of if this is a great song, my number on this song is not going to be great. So, um, like I said, I was appalled when I first heard this. I was just, (laughs) I don't hate it because it's Kiss, but listening to it, I'm, like I said, I'm used to those you know, licking up animalized asylum and creatures um, that were all heavy rocking albums for the most part. And I mean, like I said, I saw them a couple weeks ago. I stood there. I didn't like it. I was just like, when they started playing it, I'm just like, Oh God, really? Really? Anything. And then especially when I see them play (laughs) got to choose on, you know, before, before a show, I'm like, good Lord. I mean, I would have much rather, I would have, that would have been incredible. But, um, this song is never a go-to for me. Uh, unless I was doing this for a review like this, I'll skip it. Um, is it a catchy song? Yes. Was it a huge hit for Kiss? Yes. Was I disappointed that they played it a couple weeks ago in concert? What do you think, Matt? Yes. Uh, I, think you've already, I think you've already made your thoughts known on it. 
Yeah, I'm going to give this song about a... Um, because it's catchy and it's it's a hit, I'm going to go ahead and give it a... Golly. What did I say for Hard Times? A six? Uh, hard Times... Yeah, you gave it a six. I'm giving this a five. five. Sorry. I just... It's just... And it's not that it's a terrible song, but in my pantheon of what I like, I don't want to hear this. I might even... Um, yeah, I'll give it a five. I just don't like this song. It's now I want to I want to give a, a I used to do this before I don't I quit doing this for a while but let me give a, a what do they call it when you read something that says you know like a um, that says you know you got to hear this in this context you know I can't remember what the word is what's the big word for it uh, you should know I probably should but I don't yeah it, it, <laughs> I don't think I'm, it's, I'm not picking up what this you're is my down. statement to cl- to to clear myself on what I just said. Uh. Okay. Uh, you're, are you trying to exonerate yourself? Edit. Oh, my God. The word was disclaimer. Disclaimer. Here is my disclaimer. God, how stupid are we? <laughs> I say this song sucks. I don't like it. But you probably know this, Matt. Me, Uncle Steve, I have never written a song this good. And I will never write a song this good. But I don't like this song. So... Having said all that, I don't. That's my little, you know, way out of. If anyone wants to go, well, what have you ever done? I had a, <laughs> I had a musician in a '80s band that was a platinum-selling '80s band that was on a Kiss page, and we were talking about something, and, and he was just there, and you knew who he was. I mean, he, you, if I said his name right now, you would know who he is. Mm. Um, and I don't want to say it because I don't want to. I'm not trying to bring any kind of attention to who it was or whatever. But he said. I remember saying something about liking something from an eighties album or something better than I liked something from a seventies album. And he told me, you're not a true kiss fan. I'm like, the hell I ain't. I'm, I love kiss. It's Cause I don't agree with you. You're not the be all. And, and I kind of, I kind of wrote a big thing to him saying, look, just because you sang on stage with Rob Halford and you know, you probably are friends with the guys in kiss and all this stuff. That's, I respect you because you're a musician who's done well, but your opinion there means nothing to me because we're all fans. Exactly. There's 7 billion opinions in the world. Exactly. It's just one of them. Yeah. So it was it was funny, though, because me and another friend, my friend Yanni, me and him, we would kind of we would kind of joke around about it because I think he saw the interaction as well. It was just like, dude, you pissed him off. I was like, well, I wasn't trying to. But I tried to bait him a little after that. I started every time that something would come up like that, I would really lay it on thick about something, trying to get him to come back and mouth off again. Cause I was like, I was ready to really let him have it. And he never, yeah, I think he, I think he might've caught on to me. So, so that's my thoughts on that. Um, uh, did you take this song? You took this song first. Okay. So, yeah. So you gave that a, a five. A five. And I, and, and, I'm going to give it a four. Oh, man. Why do you got to, why do you got to always try to outdo me? <laughs> Well, you know what? Originally, I had it as a five, but I was like, you know, I compared it to something else that I'd already done. I was like, I'd rather hear hard times than this. So I've got to give it one point less. Yeah, you, d- you ought to give it like two points less, so because <laughs> at least Ace doesn't go. <laughs> Do you know what he should have said at the end of the song? What's that? Baby, it's over. Exactly. <laughs> too bad. Too bad he Paul wouldn't have got the message and not put that on here. So. He would have been like, I can't get her now. Yeah, and Ace would have been like, baby, it's over. <laughs> so the next song, speaking of Ace, is a two, is called 2000 Man. It's a, you know, which lends itself to a spacey kind of vibe. And have you ever heard the original 
2000 man. Have you ever heard it by the Rolling Stones? Yeah, I think I'd heard it a long time ago, and it was so long ago I couldn't remember it, so I went and listened to it tonight, and I'm I'm glad I did. Oh, it's I've I've only heard it once, and it's been a good while. But isn't it really psychedelic-y sounding and, and strange? Do you know, it's it's funny that you use that word because I did use that word. Okay, okay. So, yeah, my first line I wrote like a cover of a psychedelic Rolling Stones song. It's t- definitely not what I would ever think of with the Rolling Stones. No, it surprised me. Ace did a Ace, you know, did a great treatment on the song. He he made it his own. Interesting, given, you know, what I was telling you earlier about Paul and Gene and Paul and Gene, and they kind of rule the roost on these albums. And But for Ace to get song number two on a new Kiss release is pretty big deal. And it shows, I think, that the um, the power or the uh, the momentum that he had coming from his solo album. Because mm. his solo album, from what I understand, sold more than anybody. It's probably because... Ace is the guy who no one's heard sing. So everyone probably was a little more interested in that, but, but he had a lot of momentum. So I'm assuming that's probably why they gave him this. Maybe they were punishing Gene. They're like, dude, your album was so bad. You're not even getting a song on side one, (laughs) but, um, Ace is the guy, in my opinion, 
who brought rock to this album. And another thing about this song, this is the first song, you know, that the fans ever saw the full original band play together on that unplugged. You know, they came on mm. and Ace came in the one, two, three, four, down and down, down. You know, they went right into it on Unplugged. So that's a big statement, too, I think. One, two, three. It's not my favorite song on the album by any stretch, but it's a good, fun song. And um, it's got a good guitar solo in it, but uh, it's short. Um, now, th- there's, a, um, there's a part in the chorus of the song when I was listening to this the other day that I've noticed in the past a lot, but I was really trying to pinpoint the voice. And maybe someone out there that hears this can do it, but when, when he goes... Don't you know I'm a two thousand? He goes, and my kids. You, and you say they don't don't understand me at all. And in the background, if you listen really close, way in the back, you can hear, or pretty low in the mix, you can hear this really high pitched voice singing. They just don't understand me at all. Really, really high. And generally, I would think that would be a Gene, but it does not sound like Gene. It sounds like Ace. And I'm like, I don't think Ace could sing that high. So I don't know who it is, but. um I wrote, I wrote, it sounds too high to be ace. And then I wrote, ha ha, too high to be ace just doesn't sound like the right thing to say. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to say anything. And I probably yeah, should. Yeah. I was like, yeah, as high as he can get, but he can't get that high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I, the sol- the song ends with ace playing a solo, you know, and I think that's good too. So I like this song pretty good. I would probably give it a, I think I would give it a, Oh gosh, um, let me. Which one did I give a seven earlier? The magic t- uh, char- charisma. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give this a. Uh, ooh, I'll give it a seven. You give that a seven. Yeah. I'm just gonna note him down. I might change that later, but who knows? And 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 uh, and, and, and I gotta say, the the numbers I give these songs may not correspond with the order I put them in. 
Oh, okay. No, oddly, I think mine's the same. Way. Oddly enough, so so what do you think of uh, Two Thousand Man? Two Thousand Man for me, this is a go-to. I really like this. Okay, so you know we talked about when uh, Kiss came out to Australia and that, and so I had a copy of the concert and I used to watch this all the time. This the Ace songs I used to watch all the time. I loved them. Mm-hmm. I think I, I like his voice when he when he sings well when he uses his voice well. Okay. But I'd, I'd put here, the disco taste has gone and we're back to a closer, regular Kiss sound, like closer. And, yeah, I've always liked it probably because Ace was singing. And so this, when you mentioned about it, you know, being a Stones song, it's a lot rockier than the Stones version. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, when I went and listened to this uh, earlier tonight, it, it starts off real acoustic-y and the best way to describe it is what you said. Yeah, it's psychedelic sounding. Mm-hmm. Like that heavy keyboard is probably what makes it do that. But this is just a, a straightforward rocker. Um, it just thumps away. It's got its own beat and just moves along with its own pace. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and I put here, Ace isn't the greatest vocalist by any stretch, and I've mentioned that before. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, I like hearing him sing, and he's fine in this. He just delivers. Uh, it's more of a guitar kind of song, which I liked. There's nothing really interesting, again, with the bass lines, and I can't remember. So I think he did the bass on this, didn't he? Uh, Ace, probably yeah, Ace did the bass. He was Ace of bass on all of his songs. Again, that's right. So, that, yeah, it just drives along again. That's why there's nothing overly interesting or, yeah. or technical or whatever. But there's nothing wrong with that. It works. Okay. Um, so yeah, he hasn't got a big range with his vocals, but yeah, it still comes. You know, so to me, Ace kind of comes off like the average man on the street. Yeah. So if he can hold a tune and sing, it works well. Yeah. And he hasn't got a big range, but he uses what he's got. Agreed. I just, I just put yeah. I think it's a solid song. And it's better than the original version. I'd, this is a go-to for me if I want to hear this. I'll, I'll listen to the rest of the album. This will draw me in. Mm-hmm. And I liked his little. Uh, yeah, two thousand at <laughs> yeah. the end. Just just to finish it off nicely. Yeah, yeah. So, yep, this is a good one for me, and I reckon I would give this because it's one of my favorites. It's a it's an eight. It might not be one of the best songs, okay. best Kiss songs ever by any stretch. It's just what you like. Exactly. So I'm going to go ahead and give it an eight. Okay. So we'll go straight into the next one, which is Sure Knows Something. What do you? Th- what are your thoughts on Sure Knows Something? Sure, know that I like this song. (laughs) 
So let me scroll back up here. Uh, so for this, so I like the, this is another song where I like the bass lines in it. And I'm going to assume that this is a, a Gene line. Well, I'm, now that I say that, I'm probably wrong. It's probably Paul. Um, but it's so we're back to that poppy kind of disco sound again. Yeah. But this is a this is a case where I, I like it. Um, yeah, I mentioned I like the the bass again. Uh-huh. So what I liked about this, I preferred this to like I was made for loving you for a couple of different reasons. You know, <laughs> apart from the fact it's just a good song. Yeah. But Paul's Paul's singing this. His vocals are just a whole lot better the way he delivers in this. So he's not doing all that upper register stuff. Uh, like he was trying to do in I Was Made For Loving You. Yeah. So when he does that, that can't get enough, it's just, I don't want to hear anything like that. But in this, I like the contrast of the softer parts of the way he sings through to when he comes through to the chorus. A bit like um, what Ace had done before, where he just sings at a lower tone and then comes out and explodes. And the ah-ah-ahs, you know, yeah, they're okay. They don't affect me in this song. I can't. Yeah, I still liked all that. I didn't think it was too cheesy or annoying or anything that's going to bring the song down. But I don't know. I think it's a, a pretty catchy song as well. Um, it's still popish, still disco-ish, but it's catchy. Not in a bad way. It's not as cheesy as some of the other stuff. Yeah. And I like the solo in this as well. Uh, so it's funny. I was listening to this again a few nights ago, and I had my, my son sitting next to me. He was playing on his tablet or something, minding his own business. Yeah. And when it, it came to the solo on this, and he just looked up at me and said, yeah, it's good music, and then went back to playing his tablet. <laughs> so the the newly turned six-year-old even enjoyed this. Yeah. So, yeah, I like this. This is one. This would take me to the album as well. I enjoy this one. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Um. You know, I just thought, I just realized this. I have a book. I'm sitting here in my, uh, in the zone, right? And I've been going through some boxes and trying to organize my space up here. And I have this book that I bought. It's called Kiss Behind the Mask. And it's basically, um, they talk about every song on every album in this book. So, like, I open it up and I I, I, I found the page for, for Dynasty or Dynasty. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Like, um, I'm going to read a couple of them quick. Cause there's like three of them, four of them, actually side two. Let me read the through side two a little bit. Uh, it, just what they said about like charisma. It says, Gene says charisma came from something Howard Mark said in Beverly Hills. When he was making fun of me, he saw how girls would always come up to me and that I would be comfortable talking about myself. He was doing me going, what is my charisma? Is it my power? Is it my fame? Yeah, because I'm cool. He said he was poking fun at me, and and then he, and then he said, "Wait, that's good." <laughs> so um, he got the, he got the last laugh there. Yeah, yeah. Um, magic touch. Uh, I'll, that's a little longer. Um, I'll do the last three because they're kind of they're shorter. Uh, hard times. Uh, your favorite on the album here. It says, <laughs> "Ace said, hard times is one of my favorite songs that I've written because the lyrics talk about when I used to go to high school and cut classes. Uh, I wonder if he dropped out of school when he was twenty two. Yeah. Do you, do you know that reference? No. You need to listen to Love Gun. It's a Peter line. Dropped out of school when I was 22. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, he says, I went to high school for five years. I was a sophomore for two years. One year I partied away and I don't remember half the things I did. That's all he said about hard times. <laughs> um, X-Ray Eyes, Gene says, that song just happened. 
I can see, he, it says he starts singing. I can see right through your lies because I've got x-ray eyes. In those days, I was constantly in the studio doing demos. Even when I didn't have material, I forced myself to go in and see what happened. So Save Your Love. Let me see what he says. Ace says, I was listening to Save Your Love the other day when we were preparing for Psycho Circus. Gene would diligently write one song a day. He told me by the time he went to the studio, he had 100 songs. I can't just say I want to write a song. I have to be motivated, whether it be something that happens or something or somebody says a line that triggers something in my brain that could be a good chorus or title. Well, that doesn't really add anything to the song, does it? <laughs> no, I was going to ask you about that, and I forgot. So, because he went through a divorce at one point, didn't he? Ace? Yeah. To my knowledge, he's still technically married to his first wife. So, oh, okay. Even though he was- has had multiple girlfriends that he openly lives with and does this and that, I don't know. Oh, okay. I thought it may have been something to do with like a personal situation around that time. But I could be getting mixed up with something else. Who knows? It was probably about one of his uh, many girlfriends that he had or something like that. Possibly. So I'm saving my place in the book because I will. There's one song I'm going to read. I'm going to read it. I, I decided that since Peter only has one song, we'll give him a little extra due and read about his. Um. So, okay. So were you done with Sure No Something? You said. you said Yeah, I, I, I like that song. This I'll, is a good song or this is good music. Yeah, I like it. I like Paul's vocals and everything. I think I pretty much like everything on that song. One to ten. Go to's. Uh, I'll give it a, an eight. An eight. Okay. I was struggling between an eight and a nine, but okay. Okay. I'll give it an eight. Um, so my thing is you're listening to this album, you're three songs in and there's still no gene vocals. I still think if a, a fan was listening to this, even though, like you said, they might've been appalled by the first song they're listening and they're going, well, where's gene, you know, especially if they know the way kiss albums generally run, mm-hmm. you're starting with a Paul and usually it's a gene song next. Um, or vice versa. Actually, it's always that way. It's always Paul first. Um, and I, let me ask you this. Would you call this song a ballad? No, I don't think so. Would you say that this song is disco in any way? Uh, well, I would lump it in with, yeah, like, yeah, disco-ish. Yeah, okay. Cause I, I, well, I would say it's got the similar sound as what you know a couple of the other songs on here. And if they're being labeled under that category, then this yeah. is probably within that that realm. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I said I, I wrote down. I said I don't know if it's if you'd call it a ballad or if you'd call it disco, but it's a great song either way. Yeah. Um, it's very well written and performed. I mean, on Wikipedia, it it says Paul plays the solo in this song, the guitar solo. Um. But it doesn't mention the bass, so maybe that was a Gene baseline. But it does sound, based on what Paul did on I Was Made For Loving You, it sounds like this could have been another baseline he could have done. Yeah. Um, but I think Paul sounds great on this song. Uh, the chorus is really strong as well. You know, Paul, he shines on this song. Um, it surprises me that you would like this as well. I can say this. For years and years and years, I really was not much of a fan of of – I was made for loving you 2000 man or this song. Mm. I would always skip to what is technically going to be our last song, uh, dirty living. Cause I think well, I won't say it yet. Um, but going back in and when I, I, I remember a while back I was doing uh, for my Patreon page. I did. I listened through this album once and I just talked about the album and my memories of it and thoughts of the songs and what I liked and disliked. And, 
I remember listening to Sure Know Something, and, and I had done an original list of rankings before I started. And I had Sure Know Something like right near the bottom. And by the time I ended, I had it way higher. <laughs> I was like, wow, because I listened to it, and it just really hit me. I was like, this is an incredibly good song. So it's it's hit me a lot more in the last couple of years. Um, but I think that I wrote down that the chorus was strong, and it it the chorus made it was was rocked enough, or at least had enough to it that it kept it from being a ballad in my eyes. Um, I wrote down Ace's solo seems pretty low in the mix, not to mention that it's very short. And then I, you mentioned something that you read on Wikipedia, so I looked in it. According to Wikipedia, Paul Stanley plays the solo on this song, and I said, well, maybe that's why uh, the solo is low in the mix because. It just wasn't that great. It's not bad, but it's just not that great. But um, after the solo, like I think my favorite part of the whole, my one, and you'll know that by knowing me, you should probably rec- expect this. But the part that comes in after the solo, ah, uh, <laughs> I just adore that, and I love that so much. not cheesy you'd think it could be but it's not it's not it's not the song kind of has a a little bit of a darker nature you know whereas Uh i was made for loving you has a really happy nature a really poppy i don't know that this just doesn't this has a little more sinister a a little bit of sinister to it not a lot but some but yeah that ah ah, thing is awesome um but yeah I, i just you know and they played this on unplugged when they did that unplugged and it was really good on unplugged too. So um, this is a really, really good song and it, it rate I, because it's newer to me, gosh, man, this is really screwing with my head right now about where I'm going to rank it just because I'm talking about it and thinking about it. But, um, but I like listening to the rock ones more. So, but, but, I, but that said, I'm giving this a nine. So you gave, because I, oh, I liken this to Magic Touch for what I like. I think I it's can, a be- I think it's a better written song than Magic Touch, though. So I changed. I was going to have this as a nine. I went down to an eight. But what did you say? You said a nine for this. I said a nine, yeah. And and, and, um, and hey, that might be different in five minutes. I don't know. <laughs> could be. But um, the next song, which is the last song on side one, but it's the last one we're doing because we did side two first, is Dirty Living. <laughs>
I've got the book out, and I'm going to read uh, what Peter Chris says about Dirty Living. He says, Stan and I wrote this in the early 70s, right after Chelsea broke up. That song was ahead of its time. I wrote it about living in New York and about drugs. I fought tooth and nail to keep it as close as possible to the demo. I had a tough time getting songs on albums. So did Ace. He's he's complaining, you know. He's always <laughs> complaining. I was always fighting to get something in there. I would bring in five, six, seven, but none of them were good enough. Then it got to be fights so bad that they'd have to at least give me one song. And if they did give me the song, they'd have to touch it to do this, to do that. <laughs> complaining. Um, now, let me, you know what? Let me read these other ones. Stan, uh, the guy who he wrote it with, he said, Dirty, Dirty Living was a song written during those lips years. Uh, Vinnie Poncia, the producer of this album, during the, pr- the pre-production of Peter's solo album, Out of Control, which was after this, had to come to New York to do a number of demos with Peter and myself. He added a new storyline to the lyric, but the music remained the same. Those demos were recorded in December of 79. I visited a few Kiss recording sessions. Never did I see all the members in one room at the same time and working, which we've kind of figured that out too, um, with Ace writing all of his own stuff and doing performing it all. Peter and I visited Vinny while he was recording the rhythm track of Dirty Living. Anton Fig played drums on most of that album. Peter and I, oh, he said Peter and I were doing the Out of Control album. At the, I've never read that. Pete and him were recording the Out of Control album, which was his first album after Kiss. Mm-hmm. Before, while he was still in Kiss. And then the last, I'll read the last guy too, Vinny Poncia, who was the producer. He said, it was a song I co-wrote with Peter after working with him on his solo album. Pete said, I've got to make some demos for the new Kiss album. Do you want to do them for me? This was the one song out of all the Peter songs that, submitted that Gene and Paul liked and that would fit on a Kiss album. That's the thing that got them thinking about using me as a producer on the album. I think that the other guy means that when they were recording Peter's solo album, not surely not he wasn't talking about that. that, That's the only thing that makes sense. I need to read this book too. I need to put this one up there. Okay. um, So Dirty Living. Like I said a minute ago, I used to always just go to Dirty Living first because – you know, I was made for loving you was too wimpy for me. Two thousand man, I liked, but I didn't love it. Uh, sure, no something. It was too wimpy for me. You know, but like I said, I've probably come around the strongest on that song because I think sure no something blows away the first two songs even. So, um, <clears throat> so dirty living. I said, of course, it's the token Peter song, um, and I never thought of this song of having a dance beat. Yeah, but. They had a, there's actually a nine minute version of this song out there somewhere. It's like a dance version and it's long, but it's, it's not a whole lot of, it's no extra vocals or anything like that that I remember. It was just the beat. And so, you know, you think of the beat of this song and it's definitely something you could put on a dance floor where people be dancing around to it. It definitely fits, but it still sounds rock and roll. It doesn't sound like I was made for love and you did. Um, and I love how as soon as the song starts, I like that. I really like that. I always like that kind of stuff. Um, like, yeah, but disco beat, but it feels more rock and roll. Um, and then Peter starts singing and he sounds awesome. You know, I can't get enough of what I need. I mean, he sounds, he sounds like the Peter you want to hear on an album. Mm-hmm. You not, not what you got on his solo and I, I wrote down, I wish his solo album was full of songs like this. 
And I was listening to this the other day, and I've heard people refer to this in the past, but I never really thought of it on my own until I thought of it. He says, I make my living out on the streets, dirty living. And then they go, ah, I love that. But then I said, I make my living out on the streets. So maybe you could say he's out on the streets for a living. (laughs) I never, ever really thought of that until I was just kind of analyzing it a little more the other day. And I thought, interesting. But that's not all we get, right? So, you know, I make my living out on the streets, dirty living, and then that, ah, dirty living. And and the background vocals in in the chorus are pretty cool. I like them all. Um, I wrote down this line here. I don't know if it's going to hold true or not, but I said, this is my favorite on the album so far, which it's always been that way through all the years. But sure knows something is probably a, Sure know something's probably a better song because, you know, it's just a better written song, better, you know, all that. But I love, I like, I would go to this song every time before I would go to Sure Know Something. So never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm working this out in my head <laughs> um, or with you. Uh, and Ace has a couple of solo sections in this song that are freaking incredible. I love him. It's like he almost saved some of the best stuff he had for, for Peter's song.
you know, he, they're very, he's like, and he kind of, and then Peter comes in, I got to get away. And then I thought, get away. There's a song called Getaway on uh, Dress to Kill. So I was like, is that another song reference in his lyrics? I don't know. But um, all that said, I love the background vocals. I love Peter's vocals. You know, where he's like, I take my Fuhrer out on the crowd. <laughs> you know, both of those solo sections with Ace are incredible. And then he holds, the way he holds the notes and just lets them squeal. Um. Let's see. If I'm going through this song, I like the ah parts. I like the gritty vocals. I like the uh, reference to Dirty Living and maybe Getaway. Ace's solos, the background vocals. Um, I feel like the only negative thing about this song is Ace's guitar solo parts are way too short again. Um, but And I like when the song's fading out. And you can hear Peter go, I can't wait. I can't wait. And he's just like belting it out, you know. Um, I love this song. I'm going to give it a 10. I just love this song. May not be the best on the album, but it's one of those ones where I love it so much that I don't care if there's other songs better. I love this song. So you gave <laughs> Magic Touch a 10. There's three 10s so far, yeah. Save Your Love a 10. And Dirty Living a 10. Okay. I've sor- right. I've already sorted it out too. I had I had a, oh, had some confusion earlier, but I have it sorted out in my head now. All right. So dirty living. Uh, you know what? I've got to agree with pretty much everything you say. So this is. I was trying to decide if this is my favorite song or second favorite. Okay. And they they'd be interchangeable. Yeah. So, like you said, this it just hooks me right from the start. Uh, I love, I like listening to Peter uh, Chris singing. Mm-hmm. Like I love, he's got that husky, raspy kind of mm-hmm. tone to him. And But for this song, the way he sings it, it's like there's a real swing with what he's doing. I really like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the bass, this is another song where I love the bass lines in the track. Uh-huh. And I just put here, this is a perfect example of a good and still catchy song. Yeah. You know, it's not cheesy or anything like that. It's just, it just, for me, it grabs me and holds me mm-hmm. the whole time. I don't think there's any weak parts. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing weak within this song. Oh yeah, you know, he sound he sounds awesome, and I like when he uses when he sings in that upper register, goes up a tone. Yeah, like I really like when he does that. The bass line, I don't know. I think it's awesome. Good guitar work, like you mentioned about the the two um, the two solos within it. It's all done well, but. When I listen to this, so the first thing I'm listening to is Peter's voice. That's what I like the most. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's the bass again. And it's funny because this is an album where the bass has really stood out to me. And I, I've never consciously noticed it when I've listened to other Kiss albums. I don't know if it's if one song might have just stood out to me and I noticed it after that, but for some reason I've just focused on the bass hmm. you know, all, all the time throughout this um, this album. Uh, background vocals. Yep, I put that they're all well done as well. They enhance the song. Yeah, they're not. They don't dominate it. You know, like some of the other background vocals may have done. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen that this was noted. Yeah, as the only appearance on the album. Just this song. This one song by him. And I put here. I'm glad if he was only going to do one track, it was something that's as strong as this. It's one of my favorite Kiss songs in general. So I would go ahead because you pretty much nailed everything else I would have said. Uh, I would give this. I would give this a ten as well, and I didn't want to. Yeah, I'm going to give it ten. 
I would struggle to pick between this and Save Your Love. It's like a toss of the coin for the, for those two tracks. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 10 as well. Okay. Um, I was just thinking this. Um, hold on one second. I got to make a quick note of something here. Uh, I have to remind myself not to do that again. Um, okay. This is possibly the only song on the album. This this is the only song that it could possibly be on the album that features the full band. Because I never even thought of that. Because it's well, the, I kind of did. It's the only song that Peter's on, like you said, and we know Ace mm-hmm. is on it, and it, it it just depends on if if Gene played bass and if if uh, Paul played guitar. Because I mean, like I said, Peter doesn't play drums on anything else on the album, so. That's pretty wild. <laughs> I never thought of it. it. I never really thought of that until just like a second ago. I was trying to see if I could find anything on here. Nothing stands out. If I look at Wikipedia, it just says, yeah, Peter Chris vocals, drums on Dirty Living. So there's nothing to say that. Yeah. There's nothing that says else anybody else plays in. anything else on there or doesn't play anything else. So, um, And that's interesting. That we think it's one of the strongest songs on there when all four of them are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, yeah. It's, it's but yeah, I've always I've always dug that song a lot. So I tell you what, let's uh, let's see if we can put these songs in order. And when we started this, you went first. I mean, I went first. So now when we start this, you're gonna go first. So um, should we start at the bottom? Yeah, we'll start at the bottom. G- give me just a second here because I'm 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 checking my. Uh, okay, hold on a second. I need to put a different number here, and I need to put a different number here, uh, and I need to put a different. I'm changing up quite a few of these actually. Uh, well, I found it easier to rank them in by the the order I like them rather than you know award them a rating. This yeah I'm not I'm I'm just right I have a li- I have them in order on my paper yeah. and, or my uh, computer so I'm just changing the numbers in front of them so I can know what to tell you when I when it's my time to say it and, and I got to be honest these rankings are probably gonna make somebody mad um, because I just especially the way I just changed them up because <laughs> I wasn't I really wasn't even expecting to change them as much as I just did and then when I just did that I was like wow this is uh, uh, definitely interesting. So, okay. So yeah, let's go in reverse order. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you'll start with your number nine from dynasty. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pathetic drum roll Very. from both of us. Uh, you know what? I'm for the song that everyone knows, it's the one that I don't want to hear again if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. I was made for loving you. Yeah. Whether it's fatigue or whatever, I've, I'll i be good. If I get through the rest of my days without hearing that, I'm okay with it. Well, on number nine, we agree. I was made for loving you. I have had enough. <laughs> and I, I hope you're referring to the song and you're not telling me something. that Yeah. <laughs> you're I, not sharing something. I, I've had enough of that song. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That song was not made for me. <laughs> it wasn't made for me either. So the next one will be number eight. So do you want me to go first on opposites, or do you want to do it like that? How do you? Sure. Okay. I was going to note. Are you keeping note of what we're doing, or am I going to keep note? 
You keep them. No. We don't need a note. We don't need notes. We're, we're, we have a we have a recorded note of what we're doing here. So should be right. Yep. Um, I, I have a feeling we're going to agree on number eight as well. My number eight is uh, hard times. Uh, okay. Yeah, mine's hard times as well. I think this is where our lists are going to probably uh, split off in different directions, big time, and then come back. I think that's yeah, yeah. I think I think we'll I think we'll end in this. I think we'll we'll the the lower and the higher will all be the same. I think the middle are going to be really. I don't know. There's there's one song that I'm not sure where you're going to put it, so I'm curious. Mm. So, what is your number seven? My number seven is charisma. Okay, okay, okay. I just adjusted charisma. I had it at number seven, but I changed it. I have a feeling you're going to cringe when I say my number seven. <laughs> oh, okay. What you got? <sighs> yeah. 2000. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't think you'd do that. Yeah. I, I, I just looked at it when I was looking at these numbers and I thought, if I was going to listen to one of those songs right now, which one would I rather hear? I thought I'd rather hear Gene sing. Okay. I'd rather hear Gene, even though I, I don't dislike 2000, man. I just... I like, uh, you know, charisma's kind of got that. It's just something goofy and about it that's. Uh... So um, that leads us to number six, which I told you I just swapped charisma. <laughs> so charisma, uh, so charisma is my number six. Okay, and my number six was X-ray eyes. Okay. Oh, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So, uh, what is your number? Five is it my turn to go first? Yours, I think it's your turn. Uh, you can go. You, you, it's your show. You can go first. <laughs> no, you can show me the door. Yeah, <laughs> number five. Wait, we did nine, eight, seven, and six. Okay, so my number five, and I just swapped this because I had it higher. I just moved it down. Was X-ray eyes? I had X-ray eyes a little higher than this. So, okay. I'm not going to tell you what I changed it with, but. What would you think my next one might be if you were to have a stab at it? You're number five? Yeah. You've already done I Was Made for Loving You in Hard Times. Uh-huh. And you've already done X-Ray Eyes. But what else did you do? Have you done another one? Yeah, I did I Was Made for Loving You, Hard what? Times, Charisma, X-Ray Eyes. X-ray. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, so it's either 2,000 Man Sure or something, Save Your Love. I'm going to guess that your next one is going to be Magic Touch. No, actually, I thought you were going to get it. No, I said uh, 2,000 Man. Oh, okay. As much as I like it, it kind of fits in the middle. Well, the way you said it earlier, you talked about how you really liked it. And I, was like, I, 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 I do really like it. I was like, I'm curious to see how high this is going to hit for him, even though I'm pretty sure I know what your top three are. Uh-huh. So... Okay, 2000 Man was your number five? It was, yes. Okay, now you get to the top. For me, the top three are the are the, are the the cream of the crop, but I think number four really could fit into that cream of the crop as well because it's probably, of the four songs remaining, it's probably the best song on the album. If you are looking at it from a just perspective of how well the song is written and, and just how awesome it is. But for me, if I'm looking at it from a listening perspective, I'm going that way. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. an opinion. It's not maybe facts. So my number four is Sure Know Something. Interesting. Uh-oh. I, too, 
picked Sean O' Something as number four. And it, while you were talking a second ago, I was thinking about changing it to number three. Because mm-hmm. for me, this is one of these songs where Sean knows Something and Magic Touch, they're pretty even and they're interchangeable for me. Mm-hmm. But since I'd given a um, a higher a higher rating to Magic Touch, I put Sean O' Something at number four. I don't even remember what I ranked any of uh, m- Well, I do remember what I ranked my top, my last three, but... Uh- you gave Sean something a nine, and I gave it an eight. Okay, okay, okay. So that would lead us to song number three. And you just did your sure note. You just said sure note something was number four second. So that means this is your time to go first. So, so number three. My number three, like I said, these were interchangeable. I, I'm, I'm going to predict something here real quick. I, I think we're going to have the same. I think it's going to be exactly the same. So my number three is Magic Touch. Okay, okay. Do you have the Magic Touch? Well, sounds like we both have the Magic Touch at number three. So, okay. So because you are my guest, and this is my podcast, and I get to (laughs) dictate things, I guess, because you keep telling me I get to dictate things, I'm going to let you tell me what your number one is. Because if you say, once you say your number one, I know your number two. And I already, yeah. you know, this is, this could be close. This could be close. So, uh, I mean, cause like you said, these could be interchangeable for me. I would say this. I don't think these are interchangeable. I think I, well, maybe they are. <laughs> Go ahead. What is your number one, Matt? So the two that we have left, uh, dirty living and save your love. For me, these are interchangeable, but, as of right I'm gonna now, go. as of right now, I want to hear "Save Your Love Again." That's my number one. Well, let me tell you what, Matt. Baby, it's over. Save your love is my number two. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I think that I prefer "Dirty Living" because I think the idea of the whole band playing on it means a little bit, but yeah. I just think that. It took Ace three songs to make one incredible song, and Pete did it with one. The one that he was allowed to have on there? Yeah, I think, and and, and don't get me wrong, man, I love Save Your Love as well. I mean, if I was making a playlist, which I don't make playlists, but if I was making a playlist off this album, I would probably go, how many songs can I put on my playlist? Tell me how many from this album, and I'll tell you which songs show up. <laughs> Okay, uh, you could have, let's say, four. Okay, four. I'm doing Dirty Living, Save Your Love, Magic Touch, and and you know what? I probably wouldn't even do Sure No Something. I'd probably take X-Ray Eyes because I want something from everybody. I, I would luck. I think that, that appeals to me, having everybody. But I, I don't know. Dirty Living, you know, just the just the, the way it starts, you know? Just I don't know, man. It's, they're, they're close. They're close. And, I mean, golly, and... The top four, so- the top four songs on this album, the top five. So it's it's funny. So when you mentioned about him talking about New York and all that in the book, so I put a note there earlier today. When I listen to that song, mm-hmm. it makes me think of like the early, like early eighties or or late seventies TV shows. You know, based in New York City, where it's kind of yeah, you know, not run down, but you know, dirty looking and yeah. It's got an element about it. Which song? Dirty Living or Save Your Love? Dirty Living. Because I was thinking Hard Times makes me think of that New York thing as well. What is it? Yeah, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. what you know, you just what I recall stays in the city. And I think back on what a pity, remembering how it wasn't pretty 
everyday life in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, we and it we, could we just be the fight. shows that I've seen. You know, we had to fight to be accepted. You know, just we got arrested. <laughs> just all kinds of stuff. But yeah, but I, I, my top four. I don't know my top four. If I was doing a list, I'd do yeah, save your love, dirty living. Uh, I think I'd do Magic Touch and she'll know something. My top four as they stand. If I had a, a playlist, I'd put those into it. Yeah, I would take. I would just take X-ray eyes over it because, like I said, I like. It, I, it's more rock than sure know something is, but but sure know mm-hmm. something. I, I guess it's so many years of not liking that song. Even though I do like it, it still doesn't maybe go ahead of. I mean, I don't even know. I might want charisma over sure know something even. But I but I but, but sure know something is definitely a much better song than charisma. So so you mean just just to mix it up a little? Yeah, a little bit. I but I mean, a lot of times you know, like you said, people refer to this album as disco, and I'm like. You know, even though Dirty Living does have that beat, Dirty Living, Magic Touch, Save Your Love, X-Ray Eyes, 2000 Man, Charisma, and Hard Times. That's seven songs that are not disco. Those are all rock mm-hmm. songs. And then, you know, I Was Made For Loving You is definitely disco. And Sure Know Something is, I, I think it's a mix, it's between a ballad and a, and a rock song. It's just, it's 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 more like maybe, wait, I, I don't want to say it's like Wasting Love by Iron Maiden, but the way Iron, but wait, the way, in, doesn't Wasting Love just pretty much have a, a straight beat the whole time? I, yeah, it, there's no time changes or anything like so that. So, I mean, it's it. like it's that. Pretty, it's, it's just, it's, and, and, and I don't know, maybe it's just, but it, it's, it's more on the line of it's, it's ballad-ish. It's ballad-ish, maybe that'd be a good way to say it. A ballad-ish rock song. So it's a great, but I think it's, a, I think Dynasty is way underrated and it has a bad rap because of that song. Because of I was yeah. made for loving you, so. But you know what? It's um, I gotta say I thought we were gonna talk for thirty minutes about this album, and we've been talking for <laughs> over two hours about it. So, yeah, I noticed that. I was like, that wasn't what I expected. But I was gonna ask you. So, what do you think? And you've already answered it um, with the tracks being whether it's a disco sounding album or the way it's maligned. It's 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 totally I, that I like one it. song. Uh huh. I think the album's pretty good. Like I might have rated some of those songs lower, like a six or or whatever, mm-hmm. and they might not be go-to tracks for me. But overall, I still enjoy this album. I enjoy it. I don't know. Pretty much the same as most of the Kiss albums. I just accept it for what it is. It has a certain sound yeah. from that period, and that's pretty much <laughs> what I'll judge it by. Yeah, yeah. I just like it for what it is. I like it better than the reputation it gets because I mean, like I said, if, you, if, if if they would have, and you know, and and what do you think of this? What if I was made for loving you was the last track on the album instead of the first track? Oh, start the album. No. Start the album with two thousand man, and then uh-huh. you know, uh, two thousand man, and then you go sure know something, and then dirty living, and charisma, and magic touch, and hard times, and save your you know X ray eyes, and save your love, and then I was made for loving you. I think if you throw it at the end of the album. It's a whole different vibe, even if it was the single, because people would have turned the album on, and the first time I would have turned it on, I would have heard 2000 Man right off the bat, not, you know, that cheesy little bass line, and not that it's terrible, but you know what I mean, so. The only reason I wouldn't agree with that, having it in the last spot, is that that's not the last song I want to hear on this album. Yeah, but it's easier to skip. (laughs) True, yeah, and I did think of that. But if you if you have to listen to them all, yeah. I would put that somewhere in the middle, yeah. just so you, you would start like if you said with two thousand man, there's your rock song, 
you could put it down to an experimental song that they put there in the middle. Yeah, they tried it, whatever. Sure. And then just keep moving on. Yeah, yeah. That's, I what, I, that's what I would kind of do. Yeah, or maybe end the album with it. I mean, not the album, but end side one or something with it. Because back then, ending a, side, ending a side of an album and starting the side of an album was important. Yeah. Because you didn't want someone to flip it over and have a crap song. Yeah. I could, yeah, I could see this being used as the last track on side one, but I wouldn't want to use it as the, either the first or last side on, yeah, I got on the you. second side. Yeah. It was Sorry, the second terrible side. to add it, have, the, have it as the first song. <laughs> so, but, Yeah, but you know what? How much money would it have made for them? What are they known for? They're known for this yeah. song. Yeah, they made so, a lot of money off it, and it, it's helped their, it helped their career in a way. You know, to casual fans, it helped their career. You know, for their diehards, it probably hurt them a good bit. And it sent them mm-hmm. in a spiral, really. Because the next album was unmasked and it did worse. Then the elder was out, and you know, I mean, hard times, hard times. Yeah, really, the hard times were not dead and gone after this album. You know, they were just they were just beginning, really. And uh, and especially reading that book that I'm reading, you you really read, and they're spiraling here and they're losing lots of money. And so, Matt, I guess um, we've said everything we can say about Dynasty at this moment. We'll probably think of more later, though. <laughs> Are you are you finished talking about it? I am finished for right now. It's almost one o'clock in the morning, so Oh geez, is it? It, it is, is too. Yeah. So in that in that case, can I just leave you with this? Baby, it's over. Baby!